Bad snap. Bobble oh, scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Good morning, East Lansing. Welcome to Green and White Report. Chris Valley, you on another Sunday morning, and it's a it's a snowy day. There's no, Dude, there's I, woke no other way to put it. I woke up to a winter wonderland. Anyone so who knows we. me knows I love Christmas. I got my gingerbread man shirt on right now. You know, that actually starts us at a perfect spot because I I saw your tweet, and I know Henry's got some thoughts on this as well, so this is going to be kind of an all-in effort to start the show. I know we, we got Michigan State football to talk about, but consider, considering it was Maryland, we're just going to, we're just going to, we got to get this settled off the top and a little bit of a debate. Henry and I were talking about this on the way over. When does Christmas actually start? November 1st. That's Ooh. my thoughts. Go for it, Hank. Let, let, let him rip. No. Let it rip. Hank's like a hungry dog, and I'm just like throwing meat at him. I'm okay. like, come on. Yeah, just, yeah. that's what you're saying. What the floor is yours? It's easy. It's very easy. It's December 1st. So is not it, even like the day after Thanksgiving. No, it's you like, give all of November to it's Thanksgiving. Like, it's like a perfect amount of time. The twenty, like eight, what was it? Tw- ABC's twenty-five days of Christmas. Oh, dude, it's awesome. It, it's like it just maps it up perfectly. ABC Family. Yeah, no it, free ads. It, I think it's, it's now called Freeform. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> but again, no free ads. But like, it's just the perfect amount of time to like just take it all in. It doesn't stretch out, you know, where it gets old or monotonous. It's just condensed and yeah, December first. What about you, Sloan? Man, I I just want to point out that we've used the word monotonous. And, and we're three minutes into the show. I love this. Our vocabulary is... I don't is, even know what that means. Our vocabulary is so vast. But I, I'll, I, I'll meet you both in the middle. When it comes to Christmas, the day after Thanksgiving, I am locked in. Locked in. I just want to also put it out there that, Trent, of course, we got Lions gear on. We both have Lions gear on. They're of winning course. They're winning today. They might. They're, Big they're, Ben's out. More on that later. They're, they're going to win today. I'm just going to put it out there now. But I have full Lions gear on. Trent has a Lions hat on, but he has a, a gingerbread man shirt. And the gingerbread men have Santa hats on. So I think I know where you stand on this one. But yes. I, I'm, I'm locked in the day after Thanksgiving. I, I, I like Thanksgiving. I want to give it its due. But I do have to say, if there's been any year when my faith has been challenged of, of Christmas Thanksgiving battle, it, it'd be this year because, like you said, Henry, your roommates were playing Christmas music this morning, and it's it's snowy out. It, it feels kind of festive. I, I will say, waking up to Christmas music this morning was maybe the most delightful surprise yes. I could have encountered. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You just wake up, you're in a good mood, everything's great, you look outside, there's snow, it's cold, but doesn't matter. You're fine. You're good. Now, when we get to January, you hate the snow. Uh, my, yeah. my thing on this real quick, my quick take is simply that my birthday's in mid-November, right? Usually the day after my birthday, I like to roll into Christmas. However, this year, I amended that. The tree is already up. November 1st. The tree is already up. The, Breaking the, news. The tree went up on November 1. November 1st. My, my I bought my roommates and I stockings. We have everything. Wow. We're ready to rock, wow. man. Do you have a, I even bought glitter glue to put everyone's name on their stockings. Wow. Do you have a mantle to put the stockings on? No, we put them on the bar. <laughs> that's, that's that just, works. We're yeah. gonna fill them with shooters or something. I will, I will caveat my argument in the fact that we were also considering getting our decorations up today because we're not gonna be here in December. Yeah. So we gotta start that, early. That's, that was my thought too. Like time we're gonna shift. be gone for Christmas. I mean the the whole right. Christmas like time pretty much. So you gotta set it up early. My 
Tell Nick to set up the Christmas decorations, damn it. You know what, he's probably on it right now. <laughs> he, Nick is a, is a staunch listener of this program. I guarantee you he's listening right now. I, I, the other shout-out I want to give, I love Henry's shirt. Engineered in the mitten. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. We need, like, Trent and I are journalism majors. We need, like, reported in the mitten. You know, sometimes I something. forget I forget that, like, Hank is, like, actually from Michigan. I, I always think of Hank as, like, from this distant country. He's, like, a different land. Like, yeah. he, he, he makes the voyage down here every now and then. Well, but... you're not too far off. <laughs> <laughs> He's closer to Wisconsin than he is to East Lansing, Michigan when he's at home. So. But he is not a Green Bay Packers fan. That's no, absolutely Hank. not. I have some UP relatives that are Packers fans, and let me just say that that's really a shame. But we'll get into some <laughs> we'll get into some Michigan State football. Uh, obviously, we didn't start with it because we had bigger fish to fry. The Christmas debate was a little bit heated. However, newsflash: yes. if you missed it, Spartans are nine and one. Yes, forty to twenty-one, they beat the Maryland Terrapins. I, Henry and I actually sat next to each other in the student section yesterday for the game. I think it was the first time we've done that. Ever? I think. I think Maybe so. Maybe ever. <laughs> I think it might have been, but it, it was fantastic. We were the whole time we were just yelling at Maryland, calling them a, a, a puddle program or a shallow water program, which they are because they lost by 19 points. But a couple of the particulars Peyton Thorne, 22 of 31 for 287 and four touchdowns. He completed 71% of his passes. Sneaky had a very good day. Another Spartan with a very good day was Kenneth Walker III, which is something that Spartan fans are growing accustomed to. 30 carries for 143 and two touchdowns, a long carry of 36 yards. And Jaden Reed as well, eight catches, 114 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Really, this was a game when this was pretty much the, the typical Spartan football game. They gave up 447 yards on the ground, or 47, 447 yards overall to the Terrapins, but they got 481 of their own. Their star players showed out. They had big plays on offense. Ben Don't Break showed up again on defense. So, Trent, I think it was pretty much the, the blueprint MSU win this year. Yeah, I don't really know where to start with this because early in the season, Sloan, I was all about, if you remember, I was all about the pass rush needs to get after the quarterback. That's how this defense is going to win games because, you know, obviously the pass defense ain't great. We know that. Not good. And the safety help is pretty good. I have completely switched on that. Like, this team is just simply an offensive team. That's what they yeah. are. That's their identity. You talk about giving up 451 yards and still winning by 19 points. That is like uh, almost like blasphemous and a crime. It's such but a it strange happened. flip, too, because last year their defense was sneaky, not bad. You think about the and their recent history, too. I mean, oh, recent yeah. history, this team, just the program, the identity under Mark D'Antonio was defense. And Mel Tucker has sort of shifted that, I think, a little bit. His, Especially D'Antonio's last two seasons here, if they had any kind of average offense, they would have been an 8-9 win team. Yeah, the quarterback the struggle was scary. 90% of the issue, and we all know that, so we won't get into that. But, Sloan, you're exactly right. Like The the, the offense is where this game was won. Kenneth Walker was fantastic, again, and, and he didn't have to do a whole lot, but he kept his Heisman hopes alive, of course. I think so, too. 143 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's all. Then you take yeah. him out for the last 10 minutes. You could, you do what you got to do, and you get out of there. Going into the game, I, I think we identified kind of in the 150-yard range, couple scores as something that would be good to kind of keep the Heisman let's say resume alive obviously and it is very much alive by oh the way. i completely yes. agree you know it's interesting i was looking at some odds this morning prior to the show and actually you know cj stroud the ohio state quarterback who the spartans are going to play next week is really kind of 
plunged up the Heisman ranks as well. Yep. Obviously, Bryce Young, Matt Corral, not necessarily his best game yesterday for Ole Miss. They did beat Texas A&M, but nevertheless, I think we can all agree that obviously there was a an opportunity for a Heisman moment against Michigan, obviously five scores. But this Ohio State game, if there's really an opportunity for him to go out and kind of grab this Heisman Trophy bowl by the horns, it's going to be against this Ohio State team because even though Michigan State is arguably the second or third best team in the Big Ten right now, Ohio State has is, is really started to click. Yeah, and uh, look, the Heisman Trophy in general, it's not like a head-to-head thing, but the media makes it out to be that way, and that's that's what it is, essentially. And if you told me before the season started that Michigan State would have a Heisman candidate, I would probably laugh in your Call face. Call you crazy. Well, whatever, I'd here say, we are. Is it, I'd be, is it Anthony Russo? Right, right. I'd be like, oh, Jaden Reed or something yeah. like I don't know. I'd, Speedy Naylor? Yeah, so... So here we are. You play the hand you're dealt, and this team has absolutely gotten behind the Kenneth Walker like phenomenon, and it's been awesome. And you're right, Sloan, that the Ohio State game is it. Because to get back to my original point, it's essentially a head-to-head thing with Stroud and Walker, even though they're not playing against each other on those sides of the field. But that's just what it's going to be. Like All eyes are going to be on that game and who outplays the other guy. You know, just kind of touching on a Maryland thing quick. And I, I think you're going to agree with me, Trent. Taulia Tungavailoa, obviously the younger brother of Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, he was 19 or he was 29 of 48 in this game for 350 and two scores. He was pressured a lot through yeah. an interception, only completed 60% of his passes. Dude, how many intentional groundings did he have? Three. 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 I, Trifecta, baby. Even though, even though he this was not his, you know, necessarily a sterling performance for him, I think he really flashes some serious tools. He's going to be a guy who's going to stick around a couple more years at Maryland. I think when it's all said and done by this, the time this guy is a senior or really in his last year of eligibility at Maryland, I think this guy is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten because I think he already is. I'm excited to get Nathan Stearns on the program here in a little bit because yes, I want, segment two. I, I just really think that. That that Talia Tungo, I don't want to mispronounce it, but Tungo Vailoa, the quarterback for Maryland. Yes, that my scouting Maryland's report, quarterback one. My scouting report going into that game was just that that dude can throw it. I knew that. I'd watched him play a few times, and I just I had this feeling that you know the Spartans with that pass defense, and especially after that Purdue performance, there was room for for disaster there. Thank goodness that didn't happen. Luck, lucky for the Spartans, they showed up and were able to get. Uh, a pass rush, like you say, Sloan, and I think that's kind of why the defense was able to ultimately bend and not break. But this game was one on the offensive side of the ball, and I don't want that to get lost in the shovel here. This offense is spectacular. I think Maryland has got the chance to be a potent team in the Big Ten in the future if they do not shoot themselves in the foot. They had 13 penalties for 93 yards yesterday. That's almost some, that's almost an entire scoring drive of penalties. Almost That's almost six points, but you know, someone like McDonald, someone like Tua Viloga, someone like, you know, Jarrett who caught passes. If this Maryland team, you know, gets the X's and O's down a little bit more, doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, I think, objectively speaking, they have loads of talent. So, you know, they're a 500 team right now. Yeah. Opportunity to make a bowl. But they, they, yeah, it's, I mean, it's you, a quality club in terms of personnel. If you look at the situation they're in right now, you're right, Sloan. They've got a hell of a lot of talent, especially in the offensive side of the ball, and then they're able to, you know, they, they obviously they play Michigan next week, and that's going to be a tough out for them. But anything can happen. I mean, Michigan's beatable, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole and sound biased and do my thing, but they've also got Rutgers. So yeah. they could easily, like you say, hit six that six-win six mark and get that, get that bowl. 
We could watch him in the quick lane bowl in Detroit, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, before we take a break and get uh, WDBM Sports football beat reporter Nathan Stearns on the program, I just wanted to give one more shout to Peyton Thorne. Like I said, kind of at the top of the segment, 22 of 31 for 287 and four touchdowns. 71% completion percentage. That's a quarterback rating of almost 185. Yeah, that'll play. That'll he play. had a very sneaky, good game, and he's having a very sneaky, good year. Obviously, Kenneth Walker III, Jaden Reed are catching a lot of headlines, deservedly so. They're two of the better offensive players, not just in the Big Ten, but in America. But Peyton Thorne, obviously he's had a couple of games where he's had turnover problems. You know, the Michigan game wasn't his finest performance, even though he led the Spartans to a win. But he's slowly but steadily positioned himself to be one of the better returning quarterbacks in the Big Ten next year. When it matters, when the money's on the table, dude usually shows up. I want to say probably with the exception of that Nebraska game that maybe should have been a loss. That's, yeah, that's another game that he it was probably his worst game of the year. Yeah, and, and that was everyone's worst game of the year, honestly, yeah. if you look at the stats. And it is what it is. But when the money's on the table, Peyton Thorne usually comes through. And that's all you can really ask for with a team that's led by its running back and, yeah. and its play caller and its coach. Like, that's what this team's identity is, and he's been spectacular. He doesn't have arm strength that jumps off the page, and that's okay because he makes the throws he needs to make. He's got incredibly good touch. and Ball his, placement has been awesome. His wheels are good, too. He's an athletic quarterback. He can get out of the pocket, scramble around a little bit, take off and run, as we've seen him do a few times this year. He's really a guy that, you know, obviously, Kaden Hauser is a four-star quarterback recruit coming in obviously this upcoming fall, but having a guy like Thorne who's going to be in his third full year on campus, actually fourth full year on campus next year, all of a sudden the quarterback room, the running back room, this Michigan State team is accumulating quite a bit of depth. Yeah, we'll talk about this with Stearns because I really want his thoughts on this, but I I just think you're looking at a team right now that if they get some help on, on defense, we're talking about a team right now, by the way, that only has one or two years of Mel Tucker's guys. Yes. You know, I mean, only half one the recru- roster. You know, I, just a couple of recruiting classes. And one of them was all of Mark D'Antonio's guys who he just managed to get here. Correct. So. And I know that, I know that, you know, he pretty much gutted a lot of the roster over the offseason, but, and, and there's, there's holes on this team, no doubt. But they're a top five team in the country for a reason. And I just truly believe that years to come, I know this is a big picture, but you could be looking at a wagon of a program here for the next half decade. Especially with those contract extension rumors, which we will also get into on the other side of the break with Nathan Stearns. 517-884-8989 is the telephone number. Text us. Text us in with any of your thoughts on Michigan's Michigan State's 40-21 to win yesterday over Maryland. College football playoff implications. Text back. Text back. Why yes. did you leave me on red? Thoughts about Ohio State? Really anything. But on the other side of the break, we'll be joined by WDVM Sports football beat reporter and broadcaster Nathan Stearns live in studio to talk a little bit more about the Maryland game and as well as get a bigger picture on where the Spartans stand in the Big Ten race and the playoff race. You're listening to the Green and White Report on WDVM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM. Pleased to be joined live in studio, Luke Sloan, Trent Bally, alongside MSU football beat reporter and broadcaster for WDBM. That would be Nathan Stearns, who had some pointed thoughts on both the Christmas debate that we had in the first segment, as well as the appearance of snow on the ground this morning. So good morning, Nathan. I'm sorry that it snowed last night. Yeah, it's life. It's Michigan in November. There is no such thing as a good weather day in Michigan in November. <laughs> I love it. Also, Roll to our listeners punches. who don't know, 
Nathan Stearns is from Carolina, correct? Yes. yes and I you am. came here when you were 13. 10, 13? 13, yes. So Nathan Stearns has seen better weather before. He's, also, he's, for the fans who don't, the listeners who don't know, Nathan Stearns showed up today in the snow wearing slides without socks. <laughs> that is an alpha move. To That's quote, a Carolina move. To quote Mel Tucker, that is a deep water apparel. That's deep water apparel. You're dragging them in. That's yeah, you're dragging them into the deep end. That's not a puddle. Not not puddle footwear. That's for sure. But let's get into this Michigan State football game. Obviously, like we said in the first segment, a forty to twenty one win for Michigan State over Maryland. I guess just off the top, Nathan, your thoughts on the win. Obviously, we're roommates, so we talked about it last night, and we're able to rap about it a little bit more. But I guess the bottom line is Michigan State got the job done. Yeah, you did what you had to do. Maryland's not a good football team. Maryland traditionally is a team that's not been a good football team, a team that hasn't made a bowl game since 2017, a team that, or in 2016, excuse me, when they went to the Quick Lane Bowl under former head coach D.J. Durkin, who was also at Michigan's defensive coordinator briefly. It it was a game you had to win. There's a reason why Maryland had lost four out of its previous five coming into the game. This is a Maryland team that lost 66-17 to to Ohio State, lost 51-14 to to Iowa, Lost 31 to 14 to Penn State the Not previous week. Not a good team. Especially when they actually have to play somebody decent. I mean, you, let, like Maryland is the proverbial team that will win one impressive game. They beat West Virginia the first week of the year, 30 to 24, or Syracuse a couple years back, and then everybody gets excited. They start out. They started off four and zero, beating Howard, beat Kent State, beating Illinois, and then they proceed to lose now five out of their last six. So it was a game that. I said going into this game, you need to find a way to win. And you need to find a way to win convincingly because what Maryland doesn't do well, i.e. defending the run whatsoever, through the air, they, every facet on defense they stink at, you had to find a way to go out, prove you were the better team for four quarters than you did. You put up 40 points, and anytime you put up 40 points against a Big Ten team in November when the weather isn't at times wasn't extremely conducive to throwing the ball for 300 yards. Or for students sitting in the student section. No kidding. In the deep end. The deep end. But Excuse yes. you, sir. Yes. <laughs> Pardon me. I'm wrong. <laughs> no. Stearns, I want to ask you, um, well, you know, we'll get your thoughts on Kenneth Walker, K-9, the, the, the Heisman Trophy candidate, of course. But I want to talk about the unsung hero, perhaps, on this offense and Peyton Thorne. And I want, I want to know, like, do you think he's unsung or do you think that, you know, Kenneth Walker really is carrying 90% of the workload. Because to me, I look at Peyton Thorne, and I think coming into the year, I think everyone in Spartan Nation and just people who cover the team thought that it was going to be more of like a run-run-pass, run-run-pass, run-run-pass offense, which it sort of has been. But when the money's on the table, and I said this in the last segment, Peyton Thorne delivers. So what are your thoughts? Well, the worst take that I've ever had since I began working at WDBM is when I said I thought Anthony Russo, the Temple transfer, would start easily. But guilty I think everyone charged. did think that, though. I'm guilty as charged yeah, you as know, well. Like, I, I, I was not high on the Peyton Thorne bandwagon, or I wasn't really high on what I saw last year. Yeah, then we found, no, out, we found out Russo couldn't move, so I'm he lock, was basically the he's an old statue man. of liberty. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm lockstep with you, Trent. And, be, and again, the, these statistics are before... You factor in last games. Fifth in the Big Ten with over 2,100 passing yards. The 17 passing scores, when again, before they played Maryland, third best mark in the Big Ten. That QBR of 154.6, the second highest mark in the Big Ten. This is a guy who's put up 29 points through the air against Purdue, allowed Michigan State to work their way back in by getting in some of those secondary guys. 
Connor Hayward, Tyler Hunt, Malik Carr. You're starting to see the emergence of guys who we really haven't seen all year. Tyler Hunt, three catches, 30 yards. I think he yesterday. should have more stuff run for him. Trey Mosley, four catches, 52 yards. Even Montour. Speaking of which, why does I don't know why the flea flicker continues to work. Like, what's the touchdown? Dude, why like ask 80%? why at this point, I guess. <laughs> like, I will say this. Early game flea flickers, for some reason, there's just something about them. Like, they, they like get the, I'm talking like first or second drive of the game. They work 99% of the time. They get the crowd going, too. Yes. The deep end was as soon, as soon as they flick it back, it's just everyone's on their feet because they see a guy way downfield, and Mon- it's usually Yesterday open. it was Montori Foster, too, first career touchdown, like Nathan said. Nathan, I wanted to ask you about Kenneth Walker the third. Kind of like Trent said in the first segment, you know, 30 carries, 143 yards, couple of scores. Did he just kind of keep his Heisman chances rolling in this game? Was this what you expected, or do you expect a little bit more? No, I mean, it's when you're up by 19 and when you're rotating in Jordan Simmons and you're rotating in Elijah Collins, who got some carry toward the latter half of the fourth quarter. It is what it is. I didn't think that this Maryland game was really going to do a lot one way or the other. He needs another marquee performance. He needs another bellwater moment. You had act one of the two-part play against Michigan with those 197 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Everybody wasn't watching this game. Like, you know, the, the college football playoff committee a lot. Emmett, this was a game MSU was supposed to win. You got to go down in Columbus and you got to run for 150 and three or four scores. Like, that's going to be where either his Heisman hopes go officially on life support or where he locks that down. You have to do it in a big game. You have to do it against a front seven for Ohio State that's loaded with future NFL talent. And you're going to have to do it if you're Kenneth Walker to keep it on the ground consistently with repetition, getting three, four, five yards every time you touch the ball. Because you can write Ohio State down for 45 points a game, and that's what's so scary. Is after MSU loses to Purdue by 11, Ohio State hangs 60 up on Purdue and wins 59 to 31. Correct. Like I, it's terrifying. I want to ask you, Nathan. I, I I want your thoughts on that game, and maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but I do. While we have you here, I have to ask you about that Ohio State game. What chance do you actually give the Spartans? At, at winning that game on the road, and what chance do you give Kenneth Walker of having another Michigan-esque performance? Maybe not five touchdowns, but two or three with 200 yards. I told Luke maybe 15%. I know that's low. So it's an uphill climb. It's Yes, and the, the bottom line, at least for me, there's still too many holes in the secondary. You have too many guys right now that are either banged up or not available for some reason. You need Jarrett Horseback. You need Cravaris Crouch back. You need Jalen Naylor back. Like, those three guys might have not hurt you, again, playing against someone like Maryland. You are going, and I told Luke this on the way over here, you are going to need to see something from MSU that have you not, that you haven't seen all year. That offense is going to have to do what it did the last 20 minutes against Michigan for four quarters while the defense plays like it did against Nebraska the entire game. Like, it's going to require that level of effort, and I'm not even sure that, you know, Kenneth Walker alone, like, Kenneth Walker could go postal and they still don't win that game. Because, again, Ohio State scored 66 against Maryland, 52 against Rutgers, 54 against Indiana. I mean, it's just, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Trayvon Henderson. I just named three guys that are probably going to be, you know, a second or third round pick in the NFL. Like, it's just, there's so many different ways they can be. And there's a reason Ryan Day hasn't lost a conference game since taking over for Urban Meyer. The Buckeyes don't lose these games. And if you're going to play Ohio State, you'd rather play them earlier in the year when they were sleepwalking a little bit after losing to Oregon, didn't look great against Tulsa. The game's on the line. Like, the problem, Ohio State has a penchant for getting up for these kind of games. You don't think they don't know if they lose this game, they you know they can kick their Big Ten East title hopes to the curb? 
they need this game just as much as Michigan State does because if MSU wins this game over OSU, they both have one loss and MSU has the head-to-head tiebreaker. I do quick want to ask you, Stearns, is, is Ohio State, do you see them winning the Big Ten East? Like, what's your prediction? What's your outlook on that whole situation? Because I, I also want to talk about the playoff, but I don't want to, we'll get to that in a second. There's, it's unbelievable that we were talking not only about, hey, the Spartans had chances in the Big Ten East, but hey, the playoff. Right. But that's, a, that's a very good question. I'm interested to hear that as well. Yes, I do. I do think Ohio State. Uh, Driver's seat. It's just the evil pro- empire. Well, no, pr- prove that someone else can win. Pr- you're the king of the hill right now. Someone else has got to prove they can boot you off. Until that, you know, Michigan, it doesn't have a penchant for getting up for big games. And MSU is much as is what you've seen. What Ohio State does well directly corresponds with what Michigan State doesn't do well. And I think this is the game where if you don't have Jalen Naylor, you don't have Kovaris Crouch, your best sideline to sideline linebacker, second on the team. With 62 tackles, uh, you know, not 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 trying to be negative, but Noah Harvey on Travion Henderson in coverage is not going to get it done. It's just I, not. I have heard the take, however, that this might be the worst Ohio State team since the Fickle year, and I want your thoughts on that. I mean, they're they're objectively not. You've scored 55 or more points in three out of your last five conference games. Right? They don't not score. I mean, are you the, bought in the, that the defense is, is much improved from when they basically booted Kerry Coombs out as DC? I, I mean, think no, that's, I'm not, I but think it, that's it doesn't bigger, make a difference. It, it, it makes no difference. That's it, the problem. Every time you get the ball, you're going to have to get points. Like, yeah. that's one of those things you feel like, like three out of the four times you get the ball, you're going to have to get a touchdown. The or other, you need turnovers. Yes. You just, you're going to need help. I agree. I just, yeah, I've, I've heard that. You know, I think the the concern with this Ohio State team is more so the defense. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. Nathan, at this point, considering obviously for the Spartans, it's not an easy road the rest of the way. Ohio State at the shoe this upcoming Sunday. You can hear that game on WDBM noon kickoff, and then Penn State at home Thanksgiving weekend. So the Spartans are going to have to go through the teeth of the Big Ten East the rest of the way. But what is their path to the college football playoff at this point? Beat Ohio State, beat Penn State, go to Indianapolis and win. You still control your own destiny. And the bottom line was you had to win out. You heard it all week. You had to beat Maryland. You had to beat Ohio State. You took the first step. Now, granted, Maryland's going to be an easier game than you're going to play for the rest of the year, but a lot's either going to go right or die in Columbus next week. Right now, if you're talking scenario-wise, worst-case scenario for MSU, you lose your final two games out of the year, you go 9-3, and three, you're probably looking at the Citrus Bowl. I think a more likely scenario is probably 10-2. and two. I don't think MSU, again, goes down to the shoe and wins. Not, not at a big noon kickoff with ABC, with everything on the line for the Buckeyes. But I do, I do think there is a, a clear path for Michigan State to beat Penn State that following week. The Nittany Lions have shown a lot. You know, we're competitive against U of M. We're competitive against Ohio State for three and a half quarters. But at the end of the day, they're still three and four in the Big Ten East. And at the end of the day, I think you win that game. That gets you to ten and two. That gets you to a New Year's six. I think that's more of a reasonable goal. Like, oh, you just got to go down and beat Ohio State. You still control your own destiny. Yeah, it's a lot easier said than done. I think it's a lot more realistic to say. We'll do what we can against Ohio State. Like, I think you could throw the kitchen sink and have everything go right, and you still don't find a way to win that game. But I think Penn State's a much more winnable game. You win that game, you're 10-2, and two, you're either going to the Peach Bowl or the Rose Bowl, which would be a heck of an accomplishment in year two. I want to sneak one more quick one in here before we hit a break here on the Green and White Report. Once again, I'm joined by MSU football beat reporter Nathan Stearns. Obviously, this week with head coach Mel Tucker, Rico Beard reported some rumors 
for 97 won the ticket, and as well as Colin Coward yesterday for Fox Sports, both reporting that Mel Tucker and Michigan State are close to a pretty lucrative contract extension that will increase his salary and keep him in East Lansing for the long term. Is this something that surprises you? Are you surprised that it happened in season like this? Because all signs right now are pointing to Tucker inking that extension and staying in East Lansing for the long term. Are you surprised it's happening so quickly? No, because... This is the move you have to make in college football. Like, you either pay them now, you either pay your guy now, or live long enough to see him go somewhere else. Mel Tucker's a hot commodity for a reason because Las Vegas had MSU valued as a four and a half or as a four and a half uh, win team going into the year. MSU's now doubled that. They've doubled it. And Michigan State has a top 20 recruiting class coming in. Obviously, you still could possibly get Caleb Corley. You could still get in state prospect Jeremiah Caldwell from Belleville. He's done more on the recruiting trail to sort of get involved. And I think what's so attractive about a guy like Tucker, and I think what's so attractive, you know, from guys like LSU, USC, those boosters that wanted him was this guy knows how to play modern college football. He knows the modern landscape, yes. knows how to navigate the portal, knows what it takes to get those in-state recruits. You Offense. Know, as much as as much as we all love Mark, and as much as Mark took this program to the highest of highs, not sure he's getting Alex Van, Alex Van Sumer in. Not sure he's getting Dylan Tatum. Not sure he's getting Jaden Mangum. Not sure he's in the running for all of these really big kids. Not sure he's getting Kaden Hauser, a four-star prospect out of California. Like, he gets what it takes to win, and it's the ability to adapt, the ability to adjust to the modern climate of college football that makes him such a lucrative option. And he's doing all of this with a horrendous pass defense. And I guess, Stearns, that's the most attractive thing to me about this program, not necessarily just Mel Tucker, but of course him sticking around is a huge feather in this program's cap. And and they're going to continue to build that defense up. And this team, again, has potential to be a wagon the next decade. He's a defensive coach. That's Especially defensive backs, to your point, Trent, is where his origin is. So you have to figure that that area is going to improve. The offense is already there. Nathan, before we let you go, any final quick thoughts on that Ohio State game, matchups to look for, or a quick prediction? I also want your four-team playoff. Just yes. gun to your head. But we can get to that in a second. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling. You can give us you can give us both of them. All right. Uh, Ohio, again, biggest thing for me, MSU's got to get healthy. You are not winning that game if Jalen Naylor's not healthy. Also, speaking of which, why didn't Simeon Barrow play yesterday? That was my other question. Is Maverick Hansen going to get a suspension because he punched that Maryland offensive lineman right in his gut? Oh, like, yeah. there are a lot yeah, of wasn't things in the that, head, so, yeah. As there's a lot of things that like need to go right for Michigan State. You need your best players back. Obviously, losing Matt Carrick on the interior offensive line is a big deal. Losing Charles Brantley for the rest of the year is a big deal. My four-team playoff, oh boy, I haven't had the chance. I would say if it ended today, I would, or do I'm, like if it ended today or like yeah, who I think is going to make it. Well, let's do who you think because I guess that's kind of what the committee, the committee goes week to week to week and it's nauseating, and we don't have to get into that. But boy. I want your, you know, in, in a month, where do you see this going? Oh, boy. Uh, Put him on the spot. I love it. You think Georgia remains undefeated? I do think Georgia remains undefeated. So, so do you I think Georgia... Alabama gets in with two losses? No, I do not. Okay. I would say Georgia, Ohio State, probably Oregon. I think they run the table, and this is where it gets interesting. I... <sighs> As much as I hate saying it, I think Cincinnati makes it in. Wow. I think Cincinnati makes it again because everybody ahead of them is going to cannibalize each other. Michigan State's going to drop out. Oklahoma lost to Baylor. That pretty much puts a landmine in any hope they had. Cincinnati's six right now. So and the only thing that would delay mi- Cincinnati is that if Alabama would have, would beat Georgia, that yes. you put both them in at one loss alongside Ohio State and Oregon? Most likely is, but I don't know. I don't think Alabama gets around Georgia. I think that Georgia front seven is something that we have not seen in college football 
in years. It's not because I think Cincinnati's good. It's because, again, I think, you know, everybody else is going to cannibalize each other. I mean, MSU, if they lose, you know, you can kiss them goodbye. U of M, if they lose in two weeks, you can kiss them goodbye. Oklahoma's already, you know, shot themselves in the foot. Wake Forest, who was undefeated, lost last week. So you're starting to see the cannibalization as we get toward the later part of the season. Next Sunday, noon kickoff, 1145 on WDBM for the Spartan Red Zone pregame show. Nathan Stearns and Zach Serdanik will be on the call from the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio. Aiden Champion, another WDBM Sports MSU football beat writer, will also be in attendance. Tune into the game if you're interested. You can follow Aiden along for live updates, and his game story will be posted on impact89fm.org. But once again, Nathan Stearns, thank you for joining us in studio this morning. We're going to stick with college football on the other side of the break. We'll bring Henry back in and take a look around what was a big Saturday in the college football world. You're listening to the Green and White Report. We have some feedback coming in at 517-884-8989. This one comes from this one comes from friend of the program Nick who also happens to be potentially Henry's roommate. So this question is from Nick. He says, Last night, I was thinking about the history of the NBA, and it made me realize that nobody will ever touch what MJ did. Not even oh LeBron. Are we going to... Thoughts. This is from Nick. Did, did Henry LeBron feed... Jones. Hank, you fed this to Nick. You just threw it up there, like lobbed it off the backboard. I, I Here's what happened, man. All I said is... I didn't say anything about no, the NBA. You, what I you said, said anything about LeBron. I just said text into the show. He said I want to get him going, and that, that's well, what I they're... mean, he knows what he's doing. He, I, he I, I, you know what, Nick, Nick is Nick is a great listener of this program. He knows he knows our like our our ticks. Nick, you don't you will not get the satisfaction out of me today. I will I will sit down with you someday, Nick, and we can hash it all <laughs> out. I would need a four hour show. I don't want to do. I don't want to derail our show here today because we're having a good show. We should but get. Nick, Nick, we appreciate the text as always, brother. We'll get him on the line like yeah. in March or something when we need like an NBA topic. Nick should come in. We'll, 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 we'll make it happen. We'll get him. We'll get him on the line. Get him on the air, and then we'll and then it, we'll just hash it out. We'll get we'll, a whole segment, maybe an expanded segment, and we'll be ready to roll. Yeah. Spoiler alert: Nick and I disagree. <laughs> I love it. All right, college. We're gonna get a little college football in the mix here with Henry. All right, Rush question. After number four, Oklahoma fell to Baylor on Saturday. Are the one-loss Sooners completely eliminated from the college football playoff contention? I'm going to go with no. Now, I think that they probably have a less than 10% chance of making it in at this point. But if Oregon, if they were to win out and be Big 12 champions and Oregon, say, were to lose a game or Cincinnati were to lose a game, obviously you'd eliminate a two-loss Oregon team. A one-loss Cincinnati team would be easily eliminated. So they could, if if there is more cannibalization, as Nathan Stern said in the last segment, I can see a scenario where a one-loss conference champion Oklahoma kind of sneaks back into it. You know, a two-loss Alabama will probably get eliminated. There's just so many balls in the air that I don't think you can eliminate a one-loss team yet. I wouldn't eliminate a one-loss team, but the more context you build, and apparently that's what this committee goes off, Correct. Pretty it's much. all about context. So much for head to head. So we'll see. I mean, I, 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 I would, I would eliminate Oklahoma though. At this point, I would. I'd rather put in even a two-loss Alabama team than an Oklahoma team that doesn't really even seem to have a set quarterback situation. We saw Still Spencer can't Rattler play defense. get thrown in there. Can't play defense. They couldn't even score yesterday against yeah. Baylor. So there's a lot of questions there. So for that reason, I just, I don't see them as a top four team in the country. I don't see them as a playoff team. Now, if the playoff were to expand. 
magically overnight, and we're we're talking about eight teams. Absolutely, but no for four. And and this is a whole different rabbit hole. But Sloan, I I want your thoughts on this. I don't necessarily think that just because you win a Power Five, you should be automatically considered. I agree. Like, I think we've reached the point now where the SEC is that good. The yeah. Big Ten is that good. It's almost like I don't even know if. I'm convinced Oregon is a top four team, and I know that you know right. If they if they run the table and went out, they're going to make it. But I, mean, I just don't. I don't necessarily agree. In its current format, it's just it's not fair for some of these teams like Oregon or Oklahoma or you know Cincinnati because, like you said, Trent. Regardless of conference, regardless of win loss record, pound for pound, and especially personnel wise, you, you know Alabama and Georgia. Just despite how many losses Alabama has probably has to get in. Ohio State, right? you know, probably has to get in. There's just so many heavy hitters in these better conferences that even if they have a couple of losses, you know, say Alabama loses to Texas A&M and Georgia, it's like those are two, A&M and Georgia could objectively speaking be better teams than Oklahoma, Oregon, or Cincinnati. So that's where the expanded playoff, in it's my really opinion, it's really sticky. It needs to come in. Russ, question, does Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett have a legitimate chance to be a first-round pick or future NFL starter? In this draft class, sure. Why not? I don't know. I don't really have a spicy take for you. I just think, yeah, I mean, (laughs) as a Lions fan, I've been keeping my eye on the quarterback market here in in this draft class. I don't see anyone that's jumping off the page. Desmond Ritter, perhaps? Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Sam Howell, he... Rat- it, initially, it was Howell, it was oh Rattler, gosh, Rattler, it was Keaton yeah. Slovis, and all of them have just taken a nosedive. I mean, I, I agree with you, Trent. I mean, why not at this point? You know, Malik Willis is kind of another guy in the mix. You know, Matt Corral, really undersized and kind of a one-read quarterback. You know, more thoughts on him later. But at this point, with how wide open this quarterback class is, why not? I, I hate to have that take, but it's just one of those years. It's one of the Jared Goff, Carson Wentz years. Correct. Rush question, will Ohio State, Michigan State, or Michigan come out of the Big Ten East, and what team is a lock to make the playoff? I'm in lockstep with Nathan Stearns we had in studio at this time. You know, I think Michigan, I think Ohio State's probably going to knock off, you know, if you put a gun to my head right now, I'd say they knocked off Michigan State and Michigan to end the season, and I think they beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, and I think they go to the playoff again. I mean, once again, this is kind of a boring take, but Ohio State has just seemed to hit its stride. This is an Ohio State team that's faced as much adversity as probably that fickle team that went about 500. But, you know, they made a switch at defensive coordinator. It worked out pretty well. C.J. Stroud's getting comfy. They have three NFL wide receivers. At this point, I just can't argue with the talent or the the track record. I want to talk about Michigan for a quick second. And I know everyone's like, oh, God. All I'm going to say is that win yesterday at Penn State on the road, that is a very impressive win. I agree. I will also say... That, that's in a vacuum. The way in which they got that win was not impressive to me. And I think going forward, if they play that way against Ohio State, they will not come out of they will not come out of that game victorious. So for that reason, I'm going to say Ohio State is in the driver's seat. I've got Michigan State behind them with a puncher's chance. I agree. You're gonna need to like Stern said, you're gonna need some things to go your way in that game. You're gonna have to score the ball at a very high clip. They might have to get tricky. You might have to get Screw tricky. You're going to need bit, to get a couple wrinkle. turnovers. Yeah. You know, if, if Stroud throws you one, you got to catch it. Yeah. You can't just like nothing go off the hands. Cal Holiday's got that cast on one of his He's hands. Got, so got the club. A little concerning. But all I'm saying is I would definitely go Ohio State in the driver's seat. Like you said, I think there's probably an 85, 90% chance that they come out of the Big Ten East. However, Michigan State's right there with that chance only because they beat Michigan. And I think at this point of the season, Michigan State looks a lot more seasoned and ready to roll than Michigan does. I agree. 
Rush question, how much of a boost did Oregon's playoff chances receive after Oklahoma's loss on Saturday? I'd say a big one. I, Oregon was already in the driver's seat, I think, with one loss. Obviously, the loss to Stanford, horrific. But that victory over Ohio State, who will be another playoff team, is still a significant factor. But I think this definitely gives the Ducks some breathing room, even though I don't care for the Pac-12 at all. I think they have an edge over Cincinnati. They now have more of an edge over Oklahoma. So after you know they got a win yesterday, I think they are in a little comfier of a spot, all things considered. Breathing room is the right term, Sloan, because I, I think you're right. They they have everything in front of them at this point. If they win out, it doesn't matter if they win both games by a point. They'll be in the playoff. So, yes, to answer your question, I think Oklahoma losing gives a huge advantage to Oregon in, in terms of those two teams just matched up in a vacuum. So I like I like Oregon's chances at this point. Rush question, does one last Notre Dame have any legitimate shot of making the playoff? Once again, I'm going to go with the kind of the Oklahoma take again. Even though Notre Dame is, is buried a little bit more, they have the loss to Cincinnati, another playoff potential team. Still a one-loss club. I know they're not going to be a conference champion, so to speak, so I guess we'll see how much you know weight the college football playoff Yeah, join a conference, guys. Join a conference. Preferably, help you out. preferably the Big Ten. If, West, maybe. But I, I'll... I'll keep them in the mix. You know, once again, going with what Nathan said, there are so many teams in the mix. You have a Cincinnati, you have an Oklahoma, you have an Oregon, you have a Michigan State, even Michigan at this point. We There is so much still to be determined in the next two weeks that I don't want to eliminate any powerful former playoff team that has one loss, even though I would say that Notre Dame is kind of last in line, so to speak. They are last in line. Shout out to Ronnie James Dio, Hank. But all, I, all I'm going to say is that I, this is maybe my Big Ten bias shining through a little bit. The, the, I would rather put a two-loss Michigan or Michigan State in than I would Notre Dame. Simply because Strength of schedule is stre- immensely It better. is, it is, and it should be. And that's the thing. I don't know. This committee is so stupid. We, like, I, I don't, I'm exhausted bringing that up every, every time that we talk about college football. That's just how it is. So Notre Dame is off my radar, and I think they should be off the committees. Rush question. What are your guys' thoughts on an expanded college football playoff? Do you prefer the eight teams or 12? I would rather go eight than twelve. I think twelve is a little too much. I would even go six, because I just think you know if if you think about it like in terms of this season right now, are we fighting tooth and nail for Wake Forest to get into the playoff, or even like a Michigan? If I mean or, a two loss right. Michigan team, yeah, I, and, I, yeah, and I, I know agree. we're chalking or Cincinnati. Up for, I, exactly. I just think that once you th- there's that. It, we're in the sweet spot of not enough teams in, but we also don't want to throw too many in there. I think there's six contenders. It's interesting. So I, I could do a six team. I could I could live with eight. I don't care. You can reward a team like Wake Forest or Cincinnati, but six or eight is the move to me. Twelve's too many. It seems like the rumblings are kind of twelve, which is obviously, you know, that makes sense considering the college football playoff. That's what the is, SEC wants. They want yeah, twelve. Because they want to get they want to be well represented. I mean, because this year they could get Ole Miss and Georgia, Alabama, you know, A and M, Auburn. You know, they could get half the field in. So once again, big bad SEC. I, I, I think I'm in the, on the eight-team wave as well. I think six would be preferable, but six I don't think has really been on the table yet. So I'm going to go with eight as well. I think it would make it more fair, but I agree. Six elite teams because I'm talking about I don't want any teams that aren't necessarily elite in. And like you said, I don't want to wake Forest in the playoff. It's a weird balance to strike. Can I, can I make the case for four teams? Can I make the case? Sure, for yeah, go sure. for it. Yeah. 
I love I love the em- emphasis placed on every game. You can't lose the entire it does make, playoff it, season. It makes games bigger. It, every game is a playoff. No, that's game. a good take, Hank, because you're, you're, we don't want it to value the regular season. The and I agree with that yeah. point. And also the early season, it just puts more of an emphasis on that because we're talking about an Ohio State team that lost early in the right. season. You but, can't drop an early game. But because they don't have the Big Ten loss yet, and they're probably going to win the Big Ten East, that's just what everyone looks at. So I completely agree, Hank. Like, that's a great take. The four-team playoff, there's a, there's it's called the Power Five for a reason. There's yeah. five big conferences, and every year, at least one of them is not represented, which would, is a big deal. I would rather keep it at four than have like eight or twelve. Because, like you, to your point, Trent, I don't want a team like a two-loss Pac-12 team that's in like the top ten. Like, we'll just say. Utah, for example. I'm just saying we're not beating the drum for that to happen. No, like we're not. We're not in here talking about. Oh, Wake Forest should be in the play. Like that's. Do you want to see? Yeah. Do you want to see Wake Forest versus Georgia in no, a playoff to, game? To That'd me, be a and, joke. And again, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but you talk about player safety, and that's why they only have minimal games. And I, I understand. Location. That's one games. way to mess that all up is yeah. to just throw 12 teams in a ring and let them play for a month. Like that's just not. I don't think that's the answer. Rush question, does Cincinnati deserve to be snubbed from the playoff? At this point in a four-team format, I'm sorry, Bearcats, but if you're uh, if, if you're undefeated, a more of a conversation is going to have to be had. But it's it's my opinion that, you know, I'm sorry. I know that there's been a lot said about group of five teams not being represented in the playoff. But just simply put it, pound for pound, Cincinnati is not as good of a football team as Oregon, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan State, Alabama, Michigan, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, even though they beat him, is still objectively a better club than them and we would be better on the big stage. I'm sorry. I know that there is that group of five bias, but pound for pound, would you rather see Cincinnati in the playoff or Oklahoma? Yeah, my dog Sloan with a great take there. My dog. I'll, all I'm going to say, I don't, I don't want to expand because I'm in lockstep with you. It's simply the key word in this question is do they deserve it? No, because the way that yeah, they're playing the, Tulsa, it's not their Navy. Fault. Right, it's not, it's not, it is not the Bearcats' fault, dude. No. They're a great team this year. It's simply the fact that there's only four teams. They deserve to go to the playoff. Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl or something. Yeah, and I would say, you know, I, I think in the committee's eyes, too, I think a two-loss Alabama or even a two-loss Michigan State or Michigan has a better chance of getting in than Cincinnati. They're going to keep them right there in that bubble all year just because if they don't, it's a everyone's going to be like, line. what the hell's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. It's like UCF from a couple years ago. So they don't deserve to be snubbed. But they're going to based on the format. The strength of schedule just is not conducive to them making the playoff. You know, wins over Tulsa and you know they beat Indiana earlier. And the Notre in the year, Dame win is, is a great. Yes. The Notre Dame win is great. But that great again, win. that's an early season win, and it's like, what do you have to show for for the rest of the season? Yeah, woohoo! We beat Tulane. Right. Rush question: Your thoughts on the upcoming bowl season? Too many bowls, or is it just right? You know, I I, I will take this one to my grave. So many people want to BS about, oh, there's too many bowl games. I love bowl season. I love bowl season. I go home for Christmas break. I watch, you know, oh, it's a Wednesday night, a week before Christmas. Oh, the Dollar General Bowl is on between Toledo <laughs> and Southern Miss. I love bowl season. You want, you want to talk bowl. about representation for group of five teams? You cannot keep the playoff in a more slimmed-down format and then take away the amount of bowls and right. say you're promoting equity for a group of five you can't teams. Do both. This is a cool opportunity for you to see someone like, oh, Tulsa's playing in a bowl. I don't know anything about Tulsa football, but you know what? I'm going to watch them because they're playing in the cheese at Arizona Bowl. I love a big bowl season. 
It's like part of my Christmas routine. Gotta keep it. Yeah, I gotta I, keep it. I don't have much of a temperature on this like you do, Sloan. What I will say is this. I think the case that there's too many is simply that we're just letting everybody and everybody into bowl games. However, the precedent that you win six games and you're in, I love that. So, so you do gotta I. do what you gotta do. And like you said, Sloan, we're all sports fans. I'd rather have more too many than too little. I completely agree. On the other side of the break, we're going to switch it. We've been focusing on the gridiron so far on this show. We we're have. Gonna, we're gonna, Solid hour of football talk. Very, very Fun. good hour. We're going to bump it onto the ice, though. Michigan State hockey coming Ooh. off a sweep, a home road sweep of the Ferris State Bulldogs. We're going to have WDBM Sports hockey beat reporter Cam McLaren, also a broadcaster who called that Ferris State game. We're going to have him live in studio in about three minutes to talk the latest about the Spartans on the ice. You're listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. Wow, this is this is a big time development. A Thanksgiving, Merry a thanks, Christmas. A, a Thanksgiving advocate in in producer Henry Menegos is is broke down, and and Christmas music on November fourteenth, twenty twenty one, has made an appearance on the Green and White Report. I do have to say, we could get way off the rails if we start rapping about Christmas. No pun intended. I will oh, say this: that was great. I, my, the best Christmas song in my estimation. Is Christmas in in parentheses? Baby, please come home by Darlene Love, Sonny and Cher on background vocals. Hank, shout out! That's a great song. My, Go check it out if you want to. No free ads. My favorite Christmas song is just the like the 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 um the Peanuts like Christmas theme. That's like oh the piano. Yeah, Schroeder on the piano. It's a good Hank. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Or a Christmas Carol? Hey, are you it's, a Christmas it's Carol actually guy? This one, I love this song. This is I, wow. awesome. I love the this Eagles. Is why I picked it. I, I love the Eagles. This song is so smooth. We are joined by WDBM hockey beat reporter Cam McLaren in studio. We, and of course, before we talk about sports, because you know, sports show. Why would we talk? Yeah, about why, sports? I don't Cam, know why do you would. have a favorite Christmas song. Yeah. Or do you celebrate Christmas this early in the year? Uh, so for me, I'm not really one to put on Christmas carols until like you can actually see snow falling, which was kind Uh-oh. of a fun coincidence Convenient. this morning where yes. for the first time since last February, I had to start my car before actually going out and starting it by hand. That's so, a milestone. Uh, but yeah, for me, favorite Christmas song, it's it's got to be Wham. You know, last Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry. Great take. Wow. I'm sorry. Great take. That's a fantastic No, take. that's, a, that's I mean, an awesome one. I love when pop stars like cross over and do like the Christmas songs because they just live forever. Are we? Are we? I, we have to be Mariah Carey. All oh, I want course. for Christmas. I mean, that, that's, fans. The, that's the ultimate. Oh, yeah, that's the mecca of Christmas songs. We're, Everyone knows that. You know, one thing that kind of reminds me of Christmas though is hockey, because you know you got the ice and snow and stuff, and you play outside on the pond and yeah, pond hockey. We love some pond hockey, but hey, Michigan State hockey. Speaking of hockey, they are fresh off a, a sweep of Ferris State, a home road sweep Thursday at Mun Ice Arena. They won two to nothing, and then. In Big Rapids yesterday, they won 4-3. to three. Cam and Ryan Radozovich, another WDBM hockey beat reporter, were on the call on Thursday night for the 2 nothing win. A fantastic call. A great job by both of you guys. But I wanted to kind of start off by kind of taking a more holistic look at this team. 6-5-1 and one to start the season. 1-3 and three in conference so far. And I, it's, it's kind of a more of a pleasant start than I would have expected. Has your expectations changed at all for this team, considering the pretty decent start? 
Um, not really. Just because I we all came into everybody on the hockey beat came into the season kind of wondering, okay, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. And we knew that they weren't going to be addressed in the first few weeks of the season, which is why you see, you know, the the two to three overtime loss against Air Force. It's your first actual game of the season because they did lose to the development team 3-0 on an exhibition. But then you go on a three-game win streak, you win 5-1 against Air Force, and then you're only giving up one goal in both games against Miami at home, which is a slightly better opponent than Air Force. And then you go to UMass uh, for your first road trip of the season, and you lose to a UMass team that has since gone on and shocked everybody in Hockey East, including beating the BU Terriers, I think, a week and a half after that. So it, that, that was a surprising uh, result. Um, and then going in, you, ha- you start Big Ten play on the road in Columbus, and you split against Ohio State, which is a good team this year. They, for some reason, I don't know, just in my opinion, I have no clue what to make of the Big Ten right now with the way that people are playing each other. Um, the score lines that you see, and then continuing on with the schedule, the seven to two loss is kind of an inflated number. Whenever you take a look at when Michigan State played Michigan, uh, a lot of bad line changes, a lot of turnovers, just costly errors that that just ended up costing them because they got down immediately early. Uh, it was two to one after the first, I believe, and then just Michigan piled it on. But then they follow up. And to me, this is where everything has kind of like changed so far. When you when you need your your guys to step up the most, they did so. And to me, it's it's been a lot of just quick scoring ability because Michigan State got down in a three nothing hole against Michigan and scored two goals within five minutes between the second and third periods to get back in that game. It was a one shot hockey game, and they held one of the best offenses in the nation to three shots on goal in the third period, and only two of them came in the first two minutes. And I wanted to get the the score chance opportunities. That's a coach's stat. I still have to ask Denton Cole about that because <laughs> it's got to be in a PDF. But chances were a plenty in the second and third periods against Michigan. They follow it up with two goals in six minutes in the third period against Ferris in a game that they should have had probably five goals. Um, Logan Stein played really well, but Michigan State just the lack of execution showed in the first and second periods. And then a gritty, and I mean the grittiest of come from behind victories against Ferris in Big Rapids and a very small rink. They come back, and for me, the turning point of that game, excuse me, was getting a goal into the third period because you're down three nothing. You get a goal heading into the second intermission. It's a two goal lead. I in, I interned with a soccer team over the summer, and soccer and hockey. There's a lot of similarities. There's a few differences, but the similarities in terms of the style styles of play, what you want to do, and then some of like the superstitious moments because a two goal lead in soccer is not a fun lead to, to it's not fun to deal with. A two goal lead in hockey is deadly because whoever gets that next goal has either all the weight on their shoulders or the weight is off their shoulders. And with Michigan State once again scoring three goals in six minutes, including a Middendorf winner with twenty left. You could tell that they were going to win that game because of the way that they came back and the fashion that they did it and the time frame that they did it. Cam, you talk about the rally in Big Rapids, like the the dogs just coming in there and getting it done, figuring it out any means possible. Is that a is that a motif that you can see, you know, heading into the rest of the season? Do you think they can really maintain that and, and stay that gritty and, and grind out wins like that? I think that's kind of been their identity most of the year is, you know, they're going to get goals from the dirty areas. They're they're but to me, 
when you're when you're in the midst of a three game schneid like they were, you come back, you get the one victory that you need against Ferris on Thursday night, but it all started in that Michigan game because they came back, they wanted to come back, and they they knew what they had to do to do that. And for me, being able to come back with three goals in the third period in the way that they did it and who scored those goals is actually what is surprising me the most because two of the three goals in that third period had fingerprints from defensemen, including Cole Krieger, who has scored two goals in, I think, the past three games. And that's probably that's going to be something that I want to address with Dan Cole tomorrow is how much of this team's identity has now switched to rush chances and getting defensemen in on the rush because that was something that I hadn't seen most of the year was Michigan State's ability to flip teams around in the neutral zone and just go in and have a four-on-two develop out of nowhere from a high-flying defenseman. But now it just seems like Cole, Cole Krieger, Christian Krieger, they're they're using their size, they're using their speed, and they're using the four years of wisdom that they've accumulated here to hop up on the rush when needed and get a couple of odd man opportunities, which is what they've been able to score on as of late when they're not scoring on the power play. Compared to last season in Big Ten play specifically, do you think this team has a chance to fare a little bit better in conference than maybe last year or in recent years? I'd say yes, just because of the way that the Big Ten is playing right now. So for a lot of people that probably listened and maybe don't know exactly who half these teams are, Wisconsin looks vulnerable just because of who they lost. They still have a couple of guys that can that can make plays, that can make the much-needed save. Um, I think Cameron Rowe is still there. Um, but to me, the biggest teams to look out for is what, what do you make of Penn State and what do you make of Notre Dame? Because I thought it was Penn State Revenge Tour at the beginning of the season. They were just whitewashing teams. They beat North Dakota in Nashville 6-4. to four. And for hockey fans everywhere, they know that if it's an away game for North Dakota, it's pretty much a home game no matter where they go because the Fighting Hawks fans show up everywhere. I'm pretty sure they had eight charter planes to take them to Nashville. But Serious. Serious business. Nice to, stuff. To me, Penn State and Notre Dame are those two teams to look out for because you don't exactly know what you're going to get night in and night out. Penn State, I thought they were a team that could beat Michigan. They get swept, and they get swept handedly by them over the weekend. And then Notre Dame is a team that seems, just to me, over the past few years, to either play up to higher competition or they play down to lower competition. So depending on how those two teams start the year right now, and go into the winter break in, in whatever position they're at and whatever you know team chemistry they have, how they look, it's going to be pretty much a, a, a crapshoot, essentially, at the bottom half of the Big Ten because the Big Three are always going to be, as of right now, it's going to be Michigan, Minnesota, and surprisingly, Ohio State is up there right now. And that is a, they're a sneaky good team. Cam, I've got the countdown in front of me. The next game. November 19th, taking on the Badgers at home. Five days, seven hours, one minute, and four seconds until wow. that game takes place. We are, we are on it. No, we're great, on it. great work by MSU Athletic Communications. Neither here nor there. Um, Cam, what's your temperature on Wisconsin? What's your scouting report? How do the Spartans stack up, and do they get that win? I, I can see them getting a split. Just because it is a home series, this is the last time that they're going to be at home until the GLI, until December 29th. Basically a month. Exactly. So they're going to want to show out for the home crowd. And then this is a Wisconsin team that lost and uh, everybody on the hockey beat knows they don't have necessarily the same firepower that they have uh, had last year, but they still do. Um, 
Cole Caulfield has since gone to the NHL. He had a f- few glorious moments in the playoffs, and now he's back in Laval for the Canadiens minor league team. Um, and I'm pretty sure they also lost a couple of guys that were staples on their first power play unit. Um, Ty Pelton Bice, I believe, graduated. Um, Noah Sean, I believe, is not there anymore. But to me, it's still a Wisconsin team that can run and gun if needed. This team had five forwards on their first power play unit last year, which was deadly for everybody that was in green and white last year at the end of the season when Wisconsin won the Big Ten regular season title on foreign ice when they won it here at Mon Ice Arena. And it was just very funny because I'm pretty sure Cole Caulfield outscored the Spartans 3-2 to two over the entire weekend. So I have to ask you, kind of changing gears, but I need to get this in. I know Trent kind of teased this at the beginning of the segment, but your Dallas Stars, I need to get your thoughts, and I see a smile creep off your face, off to a 5-6-2 and two start. Jim Nill, general manager, former Wings assistant general manager. Shout out. So we have a, we have a little bit of a Detroit connection. I, I see a painful look. Uh, on your face, but I just need to ask about your thoughts about Rick Bonus, Jamie Ben, and the, and the Dallas Stars, who are off to kind of a slow start this year. I mean, their overtime record is better than last year, which is which is great because they just they seem to go into overtime all the time last year and just had a abysmal record. Um, they got their first regulation win last night, which I was able to watch. All right. Go Stars. So that, that was great. Um, it did come uh, against a Flyers team that had played the night before and had won. So, you know, you got to beat the teams that are on the second leg of a back-to-back. So good for them for doing that. Um, Rick Bonus. Uh, I, I I like Rick Bonus. I love Bones. Um, Bones. That's I, a I like hell of a nickname yeah, for a coach. I just like him because in the Winter Classic, he wore a cowboy hat against, I think it was the Predators last yeah. year. He wore a cowboy hat. And I said, wow, hockey guy. That that was, yeah, that that Winter Classic is probably up there in one of the top like five moments of my life because I, I, love was, it. I was able to be there. And it was actually funny because the Southern Mississippi or Southern Missouri football team was in Dallas to, I think, play some team in either the Frisco Bowl or the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. I think it was actually Southern Mississippi. This is why we love bowls. And they were there. They were literally on the front row wherever as as high the seats could be because they couldn't open up the entire Cotton Bowl. Um, But they they had like a little banner at the bottom. But they were sitting right there about, I want to say, 10 rows below me. Um, on one of the end zones. So it was kind of funny to see them there. I was like, oh, they're probably here to play a bowl game. And sure enough, they were. Cam, I have to ask you about the Red Wings. Just, just, Our I just, team. <clears throat> Motown even, even Rundown, the- shameless plug. Go check okay. it out if you want. We got a couple big Red Wings fans on the podcast. B- Rabinowitz, hockey guy. Collins, hockey guy. Yeah, Rabs gives you the best Red Wings breakdown you'll ever get. So check it out if you want. But Cam, what, what, uh, <clears throat> right now my wings are sitting at 8 6. And who do you think that they have an ch- actual chance to make the playoffs? Yeah, yes. Um, let's just, go. Just because, just because of who is in that division. To me, Florida is one of those teams that I picked to be a division champion and possibly make it all the way to the conference finals. That's just because Florida is that good of a team. For some reason, they're they're just. I, they're just good. Yeah, they play, they're, they're, they're good. They they're a good hockey team. team. They can play some hockey and down there in Florida. For right now, the teams 
they're one of the two teams that are ahead of, that are ahead of the Wings right now, and one of the other ones is Toronto. Which, if I'm not going to make any, you know, claims about them in the playoffs, <laughs> the record speaks for it. We so, hate Toronto. Hate. And then you have you have Tampa Bay, Boston, Buffalo, Montreal, and Ottawa. Uh, Buffalo it's, it's a hard, stinks. That's a hard. They're decent this year for Ottawa some for some reason. I, I think they got rid of. That's a better. That's a there better, better take. Better take. Um, Ottawa, they they look beatable. Montreal looks beatable. They can pull out a couple of wins. Buffalo is mediocre right now. It's essentially going to be how badly does the Atlantic division beat each other up to keep however many teams out of the wild card position? Because the other division that they have is the Metropolitan, which I could see having no teams other than the top three make the playoffs just because they beat each other down. So it's a it's a lot like this year's uh, Big Ten East for football. So, so you're saying there's a chance. There there is a chance. Let's I mean, go. If, it. if the young guns for the Red Wings can continue doing what they're doing, and you know you trust the Iser plan, Iser plan, then I I think they might be in a decent a decent shout to make the playoffs. I do I have to it. say, I, and I got I'm, I stole this take from my good buddy Rabs. If Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin both play, this team is legit. Oh, the problem is, you know, Bertuzzi, excuse me, isn't vaccinated, so he can't play in Canada. And then Larkin has, you know, issues with injuries here and there. But if those guys are both in the lineup, this team, I think the team's undefeated. They, they, they've been, ble- I mean, that that first line with Bertuzzi, Larkin, and usually Lucas Raymond is, right. is, is, is Oh, been Raymond, awesome. don't get me started. And the thing is, is that if you play in Canada, you take a look at the Canadian teams. Vancouver, decent team if you hold... Elias Pettersson basically at bay, which a lot of teams can do. The Stars were unfortunately not able to do. Quinn Hughes as well. (laughs) Quinn Hughes, exactly. Um, And then you got the Alberta teams, Calgary, which... I'm a big Calgary guy. They're my favorite Canadian team. Great logo. Exactly. I will say this. I did love Ferris's uniforms because they had the Calgary, the old Calgary stripe at the bottom near the waistline. That goes hard. And it was, everybody was like, oh, you love the the Calgary ripoffs? And I'm like... Yes, I I, lo- I love Calgary's uniforms. I love Calgary's reverse retro with Blasty. Um, as I as I as I continue, um, the Oilers. It's it's the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl show. So if you can weather that storm, Wings beat them. Thank you. Next, and then Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and I'm forgetting a team. I know I'm forgetting a team. The uh, Quebec Nordiques. No. <laughs> Seattle Kraken. Yeah, no, they're, they're almost in Canadian Canada. division. It, I'm just saying you could probably beat a, a few oh, of those. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. There you go. That's the reason. That's the reason why I don't remember them is because I don't. I just don't <laughs> like Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, I'm thanks, sorry. Cam. I, I appreciate your NHL insight always. Yeah, we. It's not the best, but it gets oh, the job done. Please. If you're interested in following along with the WDBM Sports Hockey Beat the rest of this year, you can follow Cam on Twitter, Ryan Radozovich, Zach Slowick, Jacob Stinson as well. They have the Behind the Mask podcast, which comes out every week. Once again, another shameless plug, but if, if you were to listen to that podcast, only if you're interested. We do good stuff, people. We do fantastic stuff. But what is what is a quick breakdown of what takes place on the Behind the Mask podcast? Uh, well, last week we had a guest picker, Joey the Kangaroo, made an appearance. Yes, he was in this seat right over here. Yeah, that was fun. But no, a lot of the times it's me and Ryan ripping on Jacob because he's a Blues fan, and then him immediately getting getting it back to us because his team is the last one to win a uh, Stanley Cup because my team was unfortunately not able to do that two years ago. But yeah, it's a lot of hockey. It's a lot of breakdowns. 
of who Michigan State has played, who they're going to play, some hot takes. Uh, we're not notoriously good at that. And then the behind-the-mask pickums, which is always fun because there's always something that happens in the pickums, either late in the year or the beginning of the year, where a certain somebody might be, you know, 20 points ahead of their ah, fellow Patriots. Hello. And they nice. blow it like Atlanta did against New England. Oh. <laughs> Jake, Jacob's never living that down. He, he will never live that down. Oh. And the fact of the matter is last year when – Kyle Hattie, you know, long rest fallen Gold. soldier, had uh, impact legend. Kyle Hattie, he Gold. had a seventy five percent chance to win the Pickums because we had a uh, a bet of who wins the national championship, the state of Minnesota or UMass, because Minnesota had the Gophers, they had St. Cloud State, and they had Minnesota State. Who do you take? He took the state of Minnesota, okay. like anybody would, and I doubled down on UMass because I needed the points, and UMass ended up winning the championship. Wow! And I rode them the entire way. This guy is a gambler over here. From the beginning rounds, I had them going all the way. They're the Minutemen, they aren't they? The Minutemen. The Minutemen. By the way, shout out UMass. I know a guy on that team. Forward, Reed Lebster. Shout out. Reed Lobster. Yep. Does he have a ring to his name, too? He does. He, he has a ring. How about that? Exactly. Anyways, if you're interested in hearing some Spartan hockey as well, all season long we'll have the play-by-play live on WDBM. Once again, it's just a fantastic job done by Cam and Ryan last Thursday on the call for Ferris State. But impact89fm.org slash sports. Also, WDBM Sports on Twitter. You can stay tuned to both those platforms for all the latest on Michigan State hockey. On the other side of the break here on WDBM, we will talk some, we will get some text messages in your feedback at 517 884 8989. Say it again. Text us. Text us. 517 884 8989. Your text messages next. Kane is in the building. Feedback coming in at 517 884 8989. This text says, Hello, love the show. We oh, love that's, you. That's only positive vibes only. We love you, whoever that was. We love you more. We probably love you. The Green and White Report family unless is just done, immense. Unless you've done like horrible things in your life. But we're, we're but, assuming but, that you didn't. But we're though. assuming you didn't. We're going to give you the benefit of the doubt, because anyone who listens to this show is a winner. Our Green and White Report family is so vast, and you are part of it, Texter. Two things. Number one, so we'll go in order. Number one, do you have any thoughts, reactions, or takes from the Michigan-Penn State game? I have a lot of takes, thoughts, reactions. What should I go with first? I, I We'll go with the takes part. My take is that I don't think, I mean, this is not a hot take by any stretch. Penn State's not that good. And because they, you know, managed to give Michigan some fits, I think Michigan might get rolled by Ohio State. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. I mean, we've got two weeks. They've got another tune-up game against uh, Maryland, correct? Yes, Maryland. So, Maryland, it's, a, it's another road game. But. Yes. So Maryland will take on Michigan, and and you know I expect Michigan Michigan to take care of business. But Michigan did not show me anything in that Penn State game that would lead me to believe that they have a chance to upset the Buckeyes this year. I will say this is, in my estimation, the worst Buckeyes team since the Fickle year. Yeah. So we'll see how it all shakes out, man. But I I just don't. That's my take from the game. I like agree. my takeaway was looking at Michigan down the road. I think it was a quality win for the Wolverines, all things considered. On the road, a pretty hostile environment. But I do agree with you, Trent. In terms of did this move the needle in terms of their chances to beat Ohio State, I would just say no. I think it moved it back. I agree. This is not the world's greatest Penn State team. Sean Clifford, I am extremely out on him. Right. Maryland, a tune. You know, the Maryland game is a nice tune-up for Michigan headed into Ohio State. But we'll get to the second part of this text. Also, 
Who goes to the Big Ten title game if these three teams have two losses? Now, this is this is this is spicy, and I love this. So these three teams would have two losses if MSU loses to Penn State, which would give them two losses. Okay, Michigan loses to Ohio State, which gives them two losses, and also a two-loss Ohio State team. So it'd be two losses for Ohio State, two losses for Penn State, and two losses for Michigan. We Michigan would ha- or Ohio State would have the head to head. Ohio State would probably end up going. I think right? it would be Ohio because they State. would only have the one conference loss. Because keep in mind, their loss is a non conference loss. Yeah, they would have they would have the head to head with Michigan to the, in that scenario. They'd have the head to head with Michigan State. I Michigan if they were to, if they were to be a two loss team, I don't see them sneaking in. But that would really be kind of a doomsday scenario. It would be because that would some some late season losses. To to the Texter's point. If chaos happened like that, I would 100% dig it. I want the next two weeks of college football to just be crazy. You know who's crossing all their fingers for this to happen? Who's crossing their paws? Texter. The The Cincinnati Bearcats. Yes, that's a great point. The Cincinnati Bearcats are sitting watching this Big Ten and just hoping that everyone cannibalizes each other. Because if that happens, that's that's really, I think, their only chance at getting in at this point. I agree. Well, thank you, Texter. We appreciate you. Give the number. Feel free to text back <laughs> 517-884-8989. We always appreciate your feedback. Put us in your contacts. We love hearing from you. At GW Report WDBM. Put it in the contacts. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna pivot though. Thank you, Texter, for getting pivot. us. Thank you, Texter, for getting us back on the point of football. Because it is indeed a one pride Sunday on the Green and White Report. I am decked out. I have my Lions gear on. I have never been more confident in a and, and Detroit the, Lions game. The thing, the thing is this, and you know, I, I, I put my hand on the table. I, I made my opinion wide open. Literally in the first two minutes of this show, the Detroit Lions are winning their first game of the year. This Say year. hello to your one and eight Detroit Lions, the lovable losers, the Cats. The, the, the bottom dwellers in the NFL, screw all that noise. Mason, they get a win today. Big Ben out, if you haven't heard. Can- <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> They're getting a big win. Hank just yanking my chain from behind the glass. Listen, and Hank, let's bring you in for this, because I want I know you have some takes on Big Ben. If you, di- if you didn't hear, big you know, the, the news came out very late last night. You're probably a little hungover this morning. Whatever you, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to. Some people are just, just waking up. Engineered in the mitten. Newsflash, Big Ben Roethlisberger is not playing. So, Hank, I want to ask you, do you give our Detroit Lions any chance to win today with that being the case? Trent, I'm always rooting for your Detroit Lions. I know it's your heart is so invested, man, and I, you're, the dedication, it inspires me. But I, there's something about that loss to the Eagles that just does not sit well in my recent memory. Yeah, that, I, that loss, that ass-kicking. That, that the Steelers just, stink, though. So, so, the Eagles aren't great, man. But Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh has Mason Rudolph going for them, who was once almost killed by Miles Garrett. So almost like legitimately murdered on the field. It, but that, we don't have to get into all end. that. But whatever. I, I just my t- my take on this Lions game, Sloan. Do you have any rhyme or reason to how you want to attack this? Well, I guess obviously the Mason the Mason Rudolph. I almost said Mason Ramsey. He does not play, <laughs> he does not play quarterback for the Steelers. Yeah, shout out Mason Rudolph. Hey, Oklahoma State, go Pokes. I mean, I don't think that's a gigantic step down from Ben Roethlisberger because I think Ben Roethlisberger is washed. But either way, extreme quarterback concerns going into this game. Najee Harris is going to be someone the Lions want to account for. I think, you know, I think that was a stroke of genius by them picking him in the first round. 
Their offensive line is terrible. They're going to have a backup quarterback. So that is bad and bad. Their defense, their front seven is probably the thing that gives me the most concern. Josh Reynolds, I think he's going to be ready to go in this game for the Lions. Waiver pickup from Tennessee. You know who else is ready to rock? Taylor Decker. As of now, Taylor Decker. So that that is going to be a plus. I think the thing that I worry about the most with the Steelers in this game is their front seven. Obviously, TJ Watt leading the way. But I think it's going to have the, the offensive line is going to be loaded up. That's going to be a plus. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit. I think that I think that this could be a game where we start to see a little bit of a flash with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams of what this team Williams could is be out. on the ground. Williams, uh, is, Williams out, is out, which is a big loss for me because I I am a big fan of the J Boog as he calls himself. So am I. That dude is a, that's a big loss. I think that was a great signing. He was noticeably like the team had noticeably less jolt last week against or two weeks ago against Philly with with Jamal Williams out. So. That's a concern to me. Other than that, if if Jamal Williams was playing, I would I would make this my mortal lock of the century. Yeah, no, I can stop I the run, win the game. It's painfully simple. Stop the run, win the game. This is something the Lions weren't able to do against the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, who's not a good quarterback, threw a circus all over you. You weren't able to do it against Jimmy Garoppolo. You weren't able to do it against a rookie Justin Fields. You that's just the only thing with this Lions team is stop the run. Make these bad quarterbacks throw the ball. Plus I. I'm a believer in the up-down theory. Big believer in the up-down theory. Okay, so and we were down so two weeks this, ago, plus this, to say the least. Also, this applies to the Steelers as well, because if following the up-down theory, they were, you, I, and Brendan Shabath watched Monday Night Football where they got a pretty nice win over the Chicago Bears in primetime. If we were to follow the up-down theory, sleepier afternoon kick, you know, whatever, let-down game potential after that nice win over the Bears... I'm a believer in the up-down theory, and I think the Steelers are going to be on the down end of the seesaw. We love the seesaw. I think Derek Barnes could have a great game today. I will just go on the record right now. Derek Barnes is I'm very, very high on his future. Very. Especially with Big Ben out, I think the Steelers' game plan is going to be just Najee Harris, Najee Harris, Najee Harris, which it has been all year anyways. So compounded with the fact that Big Ben is now out, I think they're going to pound the rock, and I think Derek Barnes might have like, 12 tackles in this game. Alex Anzalone could be a player. Oh, my God. His flowing Get him out of locks. here. Get that guy out. Him and Goff. Just Great leader. He's a good leader, yeah. but he just isn't good at linebacker, which is what he's paid to do. So, <laughs> are, are, are the Lions picking up this win today, Henry? Yeah, I, I, I got to say. Have I talked you into it, Hank? Yeah, Trent, I, I was with you the whole time. I'm just, man, that, that loss, is, is, it stung me. I thought that they were going to win that the Eagles. Yeah. That's why I don't have, I never go into any one of these games now with complete faith, but I think this is a game they can pick up. And I want to add real quick that I think we may have found the title for this week's episode. The up-down theory is <laughs> the up down a great theory. line. It is, because it also applies to Michigan State football. Up-down. There you go. You know, I, I, I want to toss this in as well, because this is not just the Lions preview, but we have another NFL team supporter on this show, and it's, of course, Henry with his Vikings, who Skull. are plus three against the, I almost said San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. Thoughts on the Vikings today? Do you like them? I love them. You love them? I love the odds. Are you telling everyone to take Vikings money line, Hank? I one eight hundred gambler. If you that, have a problem, I am not doing that because that is against an FCC, <laughs> FCC violation. <laughs> yeah, right. We did Sorry, say one eight hundred gambler. But still, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to do it, we got to stay within the lines. We got to color it within the lines. Yeah, I, I like the I like the Vikings on the road today, man. Justin Herbert kind of you know up and down kind of season. The Chargers have sort of they'll probably have some fans in Los bit. Angeles because Lord knows the Chargers. Have no fans. I believe Dalvin Cook is in the lineup today. He is. So, Skull Vikes. Skull. They they've been a 
solid team this year. Yeah. Solid. Good out. You're going to beat the Lions again. Yeah. I'm, I'm, hey, uh, hey, real thing talk, in life is a sure thing, Trent. Real talk. Oh, I know that. The rest of the way for the Lions, I think this Steelers game is the chance to pick up a win. I think the Bears on Bears Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving is literally it's done. Chalk you know, it up. At, Lions win. Uh, Lions are the Lions will win that game. At Denver could be a win. Atlanta. I mean, there are chances. I they could also win out and go nine and eight. Yes. That hey, <laughs> the second half of the season has begun. We're we're, yeah. we're allowed. Did to somebody say make. playoffs? <laughs> playoffs. Yeah, Dan Campbell. Listen, this dude buried film. Did, did yeah. you guys see that? Oh, he said Hank. He, he physically dug film. a hole in the ground and he buried said, the hey, film from the Eagles. Game. Ag, Ag buried that film. Aaron, Aaron Glenn, Glenn, shout out. He took the film, like the actual roll of film, dug a hole and buried it in the ground outside. I the love this guy, football guy. What a psycho! Yeah, like well, no, you love the energy, but I got a question for you. At up? what point, if if they go zero and seventeen this year, you don't put any of that on Campbell? No, I don't think Bill Belichick could win this win with this okay. roster. I so, don't think. At what point does your does your attitude towards Campbell start to change? Next season, when we start, you know, if we start zero and three, zero and four, that's when I'll start to be concerned. Okay. I think you got to give this guy two full off seasons, okay? Because you know, look, he's attached to Holmes too. I I would put the the pressure and the blame on Holmes more so than Campbell because the 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 product on the field has been they they fight. You know what I mean? They're pesky. Obviously, the Eagles game sucked. The Bengals game sucked, and outside of that, they've been. They, they, the Lions have had a chance to win every game, other than those two. They've been right there tooth and nail with every team. The 49ers game here, they made a comeback. It was a valiant effort. So, in terms of being a coach of a bad team, what I look for is just, are the players playing hard? Do they want to play for this guy? We're mid-November right now. It'd be easy for guys to check out. Like, Jamie Collins got the hell up out of here. Darren Fells asked for a release. Like, certain guys are out. But the guys that are here, they're all in on Campbell. They still like him. So, to answer your question, I would... Wait until next season. Give him two full off seasons to really get his guys in here. I will say though, I don't think the Lions are going on seventeen. I, I, say I completely agree. I think, I think we've identified a path to where they can get a couple of wins. I mean, we we already kind of made a little collection of games where we think we they could pull that off. Atlanta. I know Matt Ryan's having a decent year. I'm not really. I've never been completely bought in on him. You know, Denver on the road, they're just kind of okay. I could see that being a weird game, kind of late season. Bears on Thanksgiving. You know, I, I do want to give this a shout because I know this has kind of been a Christmassy episode, but like Lions football and Thanksgiving, even like in a season like last year where Blau started and we were horrible and there were no fans there, <laughs> I'm always in my Lions gear on Thanksgiving. We're going to get a turkey in the oven. It's freaking cold outside. I love Lions football on Thanksgiving, even though they break my heart every year and, and, and this team is about to have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I like in the in the weeks before Thanksgiving. I'm like, if there's one game that I go all in for, it's the Thanksgiving game. I go all in for the Thanksgiving game. Dog, Sloan dog. I agree. Lockstep. One pride. I I love the Thanksgiving game. Hey, we're gonna bring back a another popular segment. We've done it once this year on the show, but that'd be help Hank's fantasy team on the other side. On the other side of this break, we're going to quickly Where do you start. We're going to quickly help Hank's fantasy team. So it, it may have been a rough season. I'm having a pretty mediocre season, but nevertheless, we'll save it for the other side of the break here on the Green and White Report. Welcome back 
the Green and White Report on WDBM. Once again, we're just shot out of a cannon this morning because we, we've talked a lot of football. We love football. That's all we've done. It, this, Aside this, from ice hockey with Cam McLaren, great stuff. That was awesome stuff. We've been pleased to be joined by a plethora of great guests this morning on the Green and White Report. We had Nathan Stearns in hour number one. Fantastic segment on the Spartans and college football. We had Cam McLaren also in hour one. Great stuff on MSU hockey and the NHL. And if you missed it, we do have podcast form coming out later today or tomorrow. I don't know exactly when. Apple Podcast. Check it out if you want. Spotify. Send it to a friend if you want. Impact89fm.org. We always tell your friend about the show. We do always. cool stuff, people. All right. We just do. One of the cool things that we do is help Hank's fantasy team. The segue. Of course. Now, by the way, I'm all for, I am just such an advocate for Hank's airtime. I, I would rather, I, I, I want Hank to just like be a host, like the three of us just chopping it up. We love Hank. We love Thank Hank. Keep I chopping. love you back. Keep chopping. Chop life. What, what's the status of, of your Not good. team? What's your record? Oh, God, it's it's a couple of these. You're making me nervous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you can give yourself the buzzer. Yeah. I gave it to myself. That's yeah. probably a first. Yeah, well, maybe. Anyways. You're so quick to jump on me with the buzzer. You gave it to hey. yourself. <laughs> I deserve it Rough. for sure. This is objectively deserved. Uh, like it, it's a dumpster fire of a, of a roster right now, guys. So I'm going to make it. It's, it's going to be a short, quick one. It's all right. Here That's all go. right. My team stinks too, so. Michael Gallup or Ronald Jones in the flex? Wow. Point projections just, and matchups just, for Just a head-to-head. That's just between these two in the flex position. All right. Ronald Jones. Michael Gallup, Dallas is playing Atlanta at 1 o'clock. Tampa Bay playing the football team also at 1 o'clock. <laughs> WFT. What, what kind of point projections do we have? We're looking at 6.5 for Jones, 9.5 for Gallup. Hmm. This is going to sound crazy. I'd go with Gallup. You know, I don't know why that sounded crazy at all. I mean, you just got the higher projections. PPR Sorry, that was, that was a really dumb thing for me to say. However, however... Falcons defense does stink. If we're gonna stick, if we're gonna stick to the up down theory though. The Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> the up down theory. The Dallas Cowboys with a tough game last week, tough loss to Denver. So I think they they could have a great game today. Yeah. Dak Prescott could throw all over. Who who are they playing? Atlanta. Atlanta. You know, I do have to say though, I was looking at some 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 lines before the show today, and I think it's football team plus ten. I think that's a very live. Line more on that later. So I, I think that I think that's alive and well. But I, I'm going to go with Gallup as well. Falcons secondary, other than AJ Terrell, who will be guarding Amari Cooper, is awful. So I think I think you can easily slot him in. I like Michael Gallup, especially because he's just kind of getting into the groove of this season. They'll probably make a point to try to get him the football today. I'm gonna I'll, I'd say Gallup. We're going to Gallup with Gallup. It is a lock, boys. It is a lock. I love it. Let's go. We're gonna we're gonna move in a little buy or sell as well, sticking with the the NFL, the no fun league, no flag league either. Yeah. All right, you boys ready? Yes, sir. Here Let's we go. Let's do it. Buy or sell? Cam Newton gets a couple of wins with Carolina. I'm gonna buy this, and and I would even go as far as to say, Cam Newton might win this job back. And I know I have a smile on my face when I say that because I know that you know our our uh, resident. Carolina Panthers fan Nathan. He's Stearns. sleeping next door, by the way. Sleeping. I went in there to check the uh, the impact text messages, and he was on the couch. Stearns is just asleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not kidding. This is live. <laughs> he's sleeping in there right it's now. It's Sunday, and he's lancing, folks. It's dark. It's dark in that studio. I so. will say, I think Cam Newton has the potential. Like this dude, people gave up on him so fast. 
and I'm, I'm talking about New England, he, he had COVID and was hurt. And I think this guy could actually be legit. Yeah. They drafted Mac Jones, so of course that played a big His role. Seattle game last year oh, was awesome. That, that was, was vintage awesome. Cam Newton throwing the football. I bet on that game. That was a fun game to bet on. One eight hundred gambler if you have a problem. I'm I'm buying. I'm buying Cam Newton as well. Sports is a magical place. Sports weird things happen in sports. Cam Newton is loved in that locker room, like Nathan has told me. Loved in that community. He's a Charlotte lifer. I, I just. See, I just think that he's going to win that job back and start for them next year. I think so. And once again, this is just, my gut is just telling me this. Sam Darnold's awful, by the way. So He's um, not had a good year. Sam Darnold is is horrible. This is the worst thing that could have happened to him, by the way. P.J. Walker, another backup quarterback for them, is just that backup. He's got one career win. That's the Detroit Lions. The only thing that could kind of put a hole in this prediction for us is if they go out and get Deshaun Watson, but... You know, who knows? That, so we're that, buying. That we're both buying. We're House buying. money on Cam, Hank. All right. There's another one for you. Buy or sell Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham Jr. are a seamless fit. Buy, buy, buy. No Robert Woods to a torn ACL, yep. which is a terrible loss for the Rams, and I really hate to see that. I think they'll be fine. I, I think they're going to be which fine is, as well. That's a really crappy loss, though, because obviously the Rams are my pick to win the Super Bowl this year. They're rolling. So I really hate to see that for Robert Woods, but... I don't know. A lot of people have told me, you know, hey, OBJ, do you have? You think he's going to go in that locker room and kind of make a mess of it? But I think that the Rams, especially with Stafford, McVay, other veterans on that team, you know, Aaron Donald, they have such a ingrained culture that I think he's going to come in there and, and they're going to kind of, everyone has their place on that team. Obviously, the talent is still there. He's going to get snaps. I'm, I'm all in. I think he's going to have a big second half. Big. I, I do want to bring this up. And Sloan, that's a great point. I think something people aren't like realizing is like it's not like the Rams claimed him. They signed him, which means there was mutual interest. Yes. The, and this happened a day after the report came out that he was zeroing in on the Chiefs, Saints, and Packers. None of the above. Packers, he went to the Rams. Packers shortchanged him, apparently, too. And my thing... Oh, shocker. Yeah, my thing, breaking news. The other thing I want to bring up is Odell Beckham Jr. signed this contract a day before the Robert Woods injury. This was like before Woods got hurt. Yeah. So I just... He was bought in. He, he was bought in On before. less snaps, yeah. And now there's less mouths to feed. People want to talk about how rich... The rich get richer. I think I don't think Odell takes them a step higher. I think they just stay at the clip they've been at, which is excellent. And I, I think, I, again, Sloan, I'm still all on the Rams Super Bowl train. And I do, to answer the question, Odell Beckham Jr., Matthew Stafford. By the way, Stafford is going to be the best quarterback Odell's had by a country mile. Duh. He's going to have some Dimes fun. and Eli Manning. and The L.A. Rams must have, a, must have had a hell of a sales pitch for Odell, and I think yeah. he's going to play great. All in on that. I think we know where we stand on this next one with the up-down theory, but buy or sell. The Lions upset the Steelers today without Big Ben. Buy. No questions asked. This is a quick one. This is a really quick one. <laughs> I am going two for two with buy. Do we have a three for three? Yeah, give it, give it to him. Yes! One Let's pride. Go. Give it to me, baby. This is a big day. This is a, this is a unanimous Lions selection, so if they lose, we're going to be very sad together on next week's show. But nevertheless, that was, a, that was the quickest buy or sell we've done in the history of Green and White. Mark it down. And then this text was kind of interesting. I don't know where we're going to go with I this I wrote one. this if you can't you, tell. Okay. You, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had my I'm sneaky about to suspicions. Off. Buy or sell, Aaron Rodgers is better at life than everyone else. This was almost, this was just a joke, really. I just wanted to bring up the fact that Aaron Rodgers, like, dude, you're either vaccinated or you're not, jackass. You're not immunized. That's not a thing. 
Immunized. Yeah, immunized. He is a bum. The question was, are you vaccinated? And he goes, yeah, I've been immunized. Whatever. Old news at this point. It's been happening for two weeks. We can move on. I I just wanted to at least bring it up. The offseason that Rodgers has had is just something that I hate. It's all about him. He's such a me guy. I'm going to go, you know. Don't go chasing waterfalls. That's what he did in the offseason. <laughs> he chased waterfalls. He like was riding a tandem bike around. He hosted Jeopardy. He's like going into like wine tastings and getting doing other weird stuff. What you a know, guy. This isn't my take. One of my friends said this, but I thought it was hilarious. He was like, Oh, I thought like Rogers like might think that like, you know, ginseng and like basil would be like a COVID like oh, that was my immunization. Like, oh, I drink tea every day. And, I believe and, in body autonomy. Jaron Rodgers. What does that even mean, dude? What are you you talking about? You think you he he literally thinks he's better than everyone else. He thinks he's better than COVID. He thinks he's above a pandemic. Like I believe in body autonomy. So, in other words, you don't think you're going to get the you don't think you're going to get the coronavirus because of the way the lifestyle you live. Give Aaron Rodgers a buzzer. Made me sick. So we're selling. It sounds yeah yeah we we are selling. We are selling. This is more so just like a rant segment. There's nothing to buy. Who's like yeah whatever. This we're gonna we're gonna do a little whip around here. Five minutes left in this segment before we, we head into the picks and finish up the show. A little uh, nineteen before the hour here on the Green and White Report. We're gonna go around, and the three of us are going to pick division winners for every division in the National Football League at the halfway point of this season. Do, Trent, do, this do, was your do, idea. Do, do, do. This was your idea, Trent. So we're gonna start with the AFC East. All three of us are gonna give our predictions. I'm gonna start. Go for it. And then we'll easy go. One. This we'll, is an easy we'll go, to, we'll go to Henry and then Trent. I, I'm picking the New England Patriots to win the AFC East. Wow. What? I what? have Sloan. The the Bills have not what impressed me this year. What is wrong with you? The Bills have not impressed me. I think they're a wild card have team. Have the Patriots impressed you? I award you no points. <laughs> oh, May no. God have mercy on your soul. I oh, Hank. I love Hank. This is just a gut feeling. The New England Patriots. Are back. Well, your gut probably has a lot of the alcohol you consumed last night. Uh oh. I, I he thinks I, th- he's thinking I'm, I thinks I'm going crazy. He thinks I'm in the bottle. <laughs> no, just kidding. I you know what, Sloan? There's a there's a there's a universe where the Patriots win this division because the Bills, you're right, they've sputtered. They only put up six points last week against a bad team. They've been surprisingly bad. A bad Jaguars team. I do think though, we are at the point in the season where the rubber meets the road. And I think let's see, who do the Bills have today? The Bills have the Jets. I think the Bills Hello. win that game by 40, and yeah. they're right back on track, and they're right on track to win the East. But go ahead. If are you, have are any you other... with me, Henry, on the Patriots I bandwagon? I am not with you. Give me the Bills, man. <laughs> Bills I love Mafia. the Bills. You're a Bills guy. You are not. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jerry, the no, father. I, I thought we might have had I thought we might have had the Maury show on here for a minute in the yep. studio. Yeah, we're watching inspirationcampmeeting.com. No free ads. <laughs> oh, okay. This guy's not wearing a tie. What's going on oh, here? Oh, he just did the keep chopping. Oh Way my gosh, he did. All right, Horrible Trent, radio. Trent, Trent, who wins the AFC East? Bills, next question. All right, we're going to go to the AFC West, where I am picking the San Diego, whoops, Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> to win the AFC West. I'm all in on Justin Herbert, Brandon Staley, and I'm, like I said, I was the biggest Chiefs guy, but now I'm just not. Go Chargers. I think the Chargers really dropped the ball a couple weeks ago, though. They were up, they, they were 4-1 and one and comfortably in first place in that division with yeah. a win over the Chiefs. Now I just think it's the Chiefs to lose. I think the Chiefs absolutely rolled last week. They look back, and you know they're the Chiefs. I don't want to say went out, but you know the, saying that the Chiefs are going to go thirteen and four is definitely not out of the question. So I, I got the Chiefs, the Chiefs winning. I do All have right. the Chargers making the playoffs. I think the Raiders completely fall off the wagon. Hank, what do you got? 
You guys are both wrong. I think the Chiefs lose today. I think the Chargers lose today. Uh-oh. And I think the Raiders, the Raiders are going to take this division. Really? Wow. That would be one of the miracle stories in NFL history. Damon Arnett out here threatening to kill people. Henry Ruggs. <laughs> John Gruden. They, I mean, checkity, checkity, check. By They're the way, no love decimated. for Mile High. No love for Mile High on the show. Everyone picked yeah, a different nobody. team, and the That's Broncos true. are just dwelling there at, with a winning record even. That's let's, a tough division right now. Wow. Let's move to the AFC North, and I think this one should be a layup. Uh, currently in the lead is the 6-3 and three Ravens, and the 6-3 and three Ravens and Lamar, who is having an MVP-like season, are going to get it done. That's I can't disagree. I think Lamar looks like he's on fire. He's my fantasy quarterback, so I've been watching a lot of the Ravens this season. He's really kind of proved some haters wrong and came Dude. back in some games this and, year. And he played pretty. Uh, he played well on Thursday, but the team did not play well on Thursday, so... It is what it is. That guy just refuses to lose. It's 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 a bizarre thing, actually. Hank, you had a nice thriller from Lamar Jackson last week with your Vikes. You know, I I think this was. I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. Yeah, give me the Ravens, and Mark's gonna help me out. Next question. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Mark. All right. Next question. Moving to the AFC South, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, no I, hot I'm takes here. Guy. I'm a Colts guy. I think they're gonna make the playoffs, but give me the Titans. Colts playoffs at four and five right now. You think they're in? I'm a big Colts guy. Big. All right, Sloan. Yeah, I don't have much to say. The Titans are winning despite uh, Derrick Henry being out. Also, shout out to the Titans for completely taking the bull by the horns against the Bills on Monday Night Football three or four weeks ago, whenever that was. That was the turning point in their season. Yeah. And now King Henry's sidelined, but they're they're winning at a clip that like they, they should comfortably win this division. King Henry's on the other side of the glass right now. Give me the Houston... T- no, I'm just kidding. Give me the Titans. This is the easy one. Easy one. <laughs> Give me the Houston Texans. Let's move to the NFC, starting with the NFC least. I mean, NFC East, where currently the Cowboys are in the lead of the division at 6-2. and two. And I've made it pretty clear on this show that I think the Cowboys have a chance to win the playoff or win a playoff game this year and, and are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Everyone hates me for this take, but I am a Mike McCarthy guy. Oh, God. I love Mike McCarthy. The guy literally can't read an analog clock. Cowboys? <laughs> I, I, dude, come on. Mike McCarthy, when he was when, when he was out of coaching, ESPN did like a segment on him on like their pregame show on Monday Night yeah. Football, and he was like in his living room like watching film on the TV with like a clicker. And it was the most wholesome football moment I've ever seen. My heart just leapt out of my body when he was, he was like grinding film. And I was like, someone give this man a job. So you see wholesome. Someone give this man a job. You see wholesome. I just see a loser. That guy, that man, (laughs) that guy, if the, if the Cowboys, I'm in on Sloan, you're right. The Cowboys are like a legit Super Bowl contender, obviously bad performance last week, but I think they get back on track today. Mike McCarthy will be the downfall of them. If they if they lose, it will be because of him. If they win, it will be in spite of him. Or Jack and I will Prescott die on that hill. injury concerns. Oh yikes! All right, I Henry. really like Trent's take right there. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think. <laughs> Thank you, Hank. I think the Cowboys have got the got the weapons here, but if they do sputter and fall or whatever, I am going to look at Mike McCarthy. So I. But with that being said, Cowboys in playoffs. Let's move over to the NFC West, which is this is a layup finger roll. I know the Cardinals are in the lead right now at eight and one, but right behind them are the Los Angeles Rams at seven and two. They're my pick to win it all, and they're my pick to win the NFC West. I think they close the gap on the Cardinals and really start clicking as the season comes along. Yeah, Sloan, you're starting to see. Look, DeAndre Hopkins is hurt. I don't think he's playing today. Breaking news: Kyler is just banged and up. And Kyler Murray has reached that point in the season, which we all feared, where he starts to get he takes too many hits, and he it's not his fault. He's just a little 
He's a little small They're, for the position. He plays a little different than, say, a Drew Brees would or another quote-unquote small quarterback. Their Tyler's banged up. Their downfall is going to be never really seriously addressing the offensive line, which they've added pieces on defense, they've added weapons, but they have never, since Kyler and Kingsbury have been there, Seriously went out and addressed the offensive yeah, line. They just like a throw money signing. at Watt. They just throw money at these guys, and it's like you got to protect Kyler. Rams are going to close that gap and win that division. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the Rams are getting kind of like reminiscent as the the Buccaneers of the West with this, this ensemble that they're assembling here. But does yeah. anyone like actually think that the that the Rams are like not better than the Cardinals? Like I know the records are what they are, and maybe five weeks in when the Rams lost to the Cardinals, people were saying that. But does like. Do you think anyone in their right football mind thinks the Cardinals are better at this point? I, well, at this point, no. I think at the beginning of the season, yes. Yeah. I was all in on the Cardinals to start the year. But at this point, no. I, I think this is the this is the Rams' division to take. We may have a couple of quick ones. We have the NFC North and the NFC South yeah, to Packers. finish this off. Yuck. The Packers. P-words. Yeah, you can hit a buzzer because we don't like the Packers. <clears throat> the Packers are going to win the NFC North. And then the NFC South, even though the Saints are there, come on. It's Tom Brady. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. NFC North, NFC South, Packers, Bucks. I don't think there's a ton of conversation. I mean, let I, me throw a one quick hypothetical at you. The Cam, Atlanta Falcons. Cam Newton takes over in Carolina, and they run the table. That would be. It won't happen. Unbelievable. <laughs> what if? What if it did? The media, like the the media, would burn the world. Stephen down. A. Smith would. Stephen A. Smith would throw something at the at the camera. I mean, dude, I. I honestly, I would love if that happened. I would love if Cam Newton what? completely just took chaos. over and at least make the playoffs, dude. They've got a shot. They do. So we'll see it unfold. But that dude, that is going to be awesome seeing Cam Newton run back out of the field wearing number number, number one, one for the Carolina Super Panthers. Cam, can't wait, dude. Any any dissension, Henry? Uh, we're we're rolling with the Packers and Bucks. Special yeah. shout out to the Panthers. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to give the Panthers a special shout out, but I'll agree with the, <laughs> I'll agree with the first two things you said. Final 11 minutes of the show here. Quick break, and then we're going to be rocking and rolling NFL picks against the spread. Final 10 minutes of the Green and White Reports on a One Pride Sunday. Nine minutes in front of the hour here on the Green and White Report on WDBM. Final few moments of the show. We're wrapping things up. About to go run home and watch the Lions. They're not. The Lions still aren't on the TV here in the studio. Not sure what's going on. It is a crime. It's a, it's a one pride Sunday, though. But we don't just do the lines on this show. We also do our weekly NFL picks. We already teased a couple of them, kind of like the Washington football team. But I'm going to turn it over to Henry. Last eight minutes of the show, we're getting into NFL picks against the spread. Well, let's Mr. do it, boys. K- King Henry. Oh, King Take Henry. It away. Thank you, boys. First game, we got the Falcons traveling to play the Cowboys. The spread is at, forgive me. Dallas favored minus eight at home. Ooh. A lot of points. That is a lot of a points lot of in points an NFL for a, game. for a talented offense. I mean, that's the one Matt thing. Matt Ryan is kind of having a revitalization. Kyle Pitts is also playing great. Have him on my fantasy team. Shout out. I'll take the Falcons to cover, but I definitely think the Cowboys win. Cowboys win. Yeah. Yeah, give me the boys. That's easy. Up, down, theory rolls on. <laughs> they get killed by the Denver Broncos. They kill the Atlanta Falcons today. Give me, give me the boys to cover. Next game, we got the Saints traveling to play the site the Titans, excuse me. The Titans fared minus three at home. Yeah, Titans win outright and cover that spread. I I I, I like the Saints. I actually do. I kind of like what they're doing. However, it's just not sustainable. Who's that quarterback? Is it is, is it uh 
Oh, it's a Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Oh, Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for that reason, it's like I can't justify picking against yeah. the, the Titans on a roll, man. Yeah, this is not a lot of points, so give me the Titans. I'm going to pick the Saints outright really? in this game. Wow. This is kind of my sneaky Sloan, underdog. Just, this is my super dog of the week. You should wear a visor while you're at it. Just Sean be a, Payton. Just be I a can Sean, be Payton Sean Payton guy. Yeah. I, I, I just have a gut feeling about this game. I've said gut feeling a lot on this show, which is crappy by me. But <laughs> Up-down theory. I'm just going to say, up-down theory. Up-down theory. Next game, we got the Jaguars traveling to play the Colts. The Colts are favored minus 10 at home. Ah, I like the Jaguars, dude. They're coming off that the good fighting w- Urban Myers. Very good win against the Bills. 10 points is a lot for a for a Colts team that I don't think has proven a whole lot. Give me give me the uh, Jags. I'll take them. I, I think this could be a sneaky close game, actually, so I'm also going to take the Jags to cover. I, I said... In the la- I said in the last segment that I'm in on the Colts to make the playoffs. They got to win this game. I got to stick with my take. They'll cover 10 points and win easily. Next game, we got the Browns traveling to play the Patriots. The Patriots favored minus two and a half at home. Wow. This this, this could this so, is a, yeah, one of the better games. And I have league. to say, I did bet on this one. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. I parlayed a Lions money line with a Browns money line. Browns went out right. Browns cover and win. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I've i always been on the Brownies every game, man. I think one game I picked against the Brownies is because Skull Vikes, right? But Right. Yeah, give me the Browns here on the road. <laughs> the Patriots will cover this game by a half point and win on a Nick Folk field goal in the final moments. Well, you do I have him winning the division. So. I also have his, him as my fantasy kicker. I just so. dropped him. Nick I, ju- Folk. I, I just dropped him to pick up Van Jefferson. He, he's no a one cares, kicker. but I just did that. <laughs> Uh, we're at next game. The Bills travel to play the Jets. Buffalo is favored minus 13 on the road. Let's go, Buffalo. I got Buffalo by at least 15. You know what? Give me a folding table because I'm about to buff Bills Mafia yes! right through that. Give me Buffalo. Give me the Jets and the points. Oh this God. guy this guy is picking every underdog Sloan is the pick. sandpaper of I'll, today. I'll, Just, I'll, I'll take the Jets and the points. That's a lot of points. It is Mike points. White and the Jets. Sloan's, they Sloan's keep it close. Every, uh, he's, just, he's trying to make this, this segment interesting for us. Divisional uh, game. Divisional game. Sloan's all for the ratings. <laughs> for the ratings. I'm, for I the am clickbait radio. <laughs> <laughs> Next game, we got the Bucks. Traveling has played the Washington football team. Tampa Bay favored minus 10 on the road. It's a lot of points. A lot of points. But I will take it. I'll take Brady. You know what? I think I'm gonna. I, th- I have a feeling I know what Sloan's gonna say right now. So give I, me, I already gave this pick. Give me the football team, man. Why not? Yeah. Let's make it interesting. I'm with Hank on this one. I have the football team in the points. I don't think they win. I see kind of a probably a touchdown victory by the Tampa Bay, but kind of like that playoff game last year between these uh, both these teams in the divisional round. Washington at home. I see this as a close game. Next game, we got Stearns, Carolina Panthers traveling to play the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals favored minus seven and a half at home. So that's a lot of points. And uh, my whole Cam Newton revenge tour has to start today. He's playing, right? He's got to be. Is he not? That's we don't, see, can, that, we, can we get a pulse on that? That's like my, the whole thing. Right, and, uh, we, we've been singing his praises all yeah, show. Yeah, what if he's not Is even he playing? Is he even starting? Yeah, I don't know. know. No, right, but keep I, rolling. I'm researching. Regardless, dude, no no DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals. And, I again, Kyler's getting a little banged up. Active I think, with a small package of plays. Okay. Probably run plays. Okay, I think he'll end up playing the whole second half. We'll see. That'll be that'll be fun to watch. Trends. Give me the Panthers. You can't handle the truth. Give me the Cardinals. Really? I'm taking Kyler and Cardinals. They can cover eight points. Seven and a half, right? They can do that. Kyler and Co. Kyler and company. I'm also on Kyler and Co. with Henry. 
I think I think they're you know Panthers are improved on defense, but I see James Conner going for a couple of touchdowns, and that's not just because I have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, next you gotta game, do what you gotta do. Next game, we got the Vikings traveling to play this L.A. Chargers. I almost said San Diego. Chargers favored minus three at home. You just gotta believe in something, man. They gotta pull one of these out. Give me the Vikes. No, I like the Vikes, Hank. I like your Vikes today. I think Dalvin Cook rolls. I like them to at least cover. I don't know if they'll win, but three and a half is that sucker line where it's like, okay, they could lose by a field goal. And no, it's it's minus three. Give me the. Oh, it's it's not three and a half. It's minus three. It's three on the nose. On the nose. Okay. Yikes! At least a push. Cover or push. Vikings will cover. I I feel like I'm turning into I'm turning into a monster. You either die a hero or see yourself long or live long enough to become the villain. And I'm I'm <laughs> nice. just I am participating in clickbait radio today and, and being a dissenter. So I'm sorry, but I got to go with the Chargers here. I'm sorry. My right. I, my menace run is just continuing. Moving on, moving on. The Eagles travel to play the Broncos. Broncos favored minus one at home. Wow. Wow. The Eagles suck. Why is that line so low? Give me the Broncos. Denver, easy. Yeah, give me Yeah, give me the Broncos. I'm in, I'm in on them as well. This is the first unanimous Just, selection like, we've had. What? That, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, that well, line makes no sense to me. I don't understand that at all. Especially Denver at home. A couple quick ones here before the end of the show. Seahawks travel to play the Packers. Packers favorite minus three at home. Packle roll. Oh, God. Packle roll. I'm that sure. game makes me throw up. I'm going to do the old Kirk Herb Street like I'm announcing the game, so I'm not going to make a pick. That's me in this game. Just kidding. I got the Hawks. Go, Hawks! <laughs> Give me Green Bay. Give me Green Bay as well. Next game, the Chiefs travel to play the Raiders. Kansas City favored minus two and a half on the road. Kansas City easily. I just think they're going to get back on track, and this is the this is the uh, it started last week. Now they keep it rolling, and they they get back to their top five status. Last game, here we go, boys. Lions travel to play the Steelers. Steelers favored minus six at home. I'll get it started. One pride, baby. I'm with you, Trent. One pride. Steelers cover. I'm just kidding. Lions <laughs> all day. One eight hundred gambler. If you have a problem, bet the ranch. This right here <laughs> is going to be the first win of the 2021-2022 season for the Detroit Lions. If it's going to happen at any time, it's going to happen now. Mason Rudolph, out. We're out on him. I'm going to burn a couch in my backyard if the Lions win today. Wow, how about that? Uh Uh-oh. 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 Yeah. Oops. You can't do your roommates like that. You no, guys I have can't. some beautiful furniture in your apartment. Don't burn the Christmas tree. Gorgeous. Oh, I'll never let anyone touch the tree. Also, Hank, excellent song to bring us out. Oh, this Why is can't this be choice. love? You know, thank you for listening to today's show. Thank you to everybody who texted in. Nick, our other texter with, with great college football questions. Thank you to Nathan Stearns and Cam McLaren for coming on in the first hour to talk about MSU football and hockey, respectively. Tell a friend about the show. And if you missed missed any of today's show, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Impact89FM.org. Trent, any final word today? One pride. It's it's a one pride Sunday. We are on the Lions big time today, and we are either going to look really stupid or really smart one week from now on the Green and White Report. We will see you then. Have a great NFL Sunday and a fantastic rest of your week. This has been the Green and White Report. It's got what it takes. So tell me why can't this be love? You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org slash sports.